1: Welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Grates alongside, as always, King of Banter, very good family man, man who's achieved godlike status, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening?
0: How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. We've talked a lot the last few days. <laughs> I talked to you an hour and a half yesterday. I talked to you now. How I how, how's how, how's you how you holding up? How's how's wrestling? How's your health? What's 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 going on?
0: Do you honestly care? I do, I do care about your health. How I'm holding up. Yeah. You do? I do. Yeah, genuine kind
1: of. No, no, it's genuine. It, it absolutely is genuine.
0: Well, in that case, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling healthy. Good. You know, top peak physical condition.
1: <laughs> um, those deadlift uh, records still getting broken every every week, or?
0: I'm definitely not uh, muting the mic to do Meltzer coughs every 30 seconds. <laughs> so I'm doing okay.
1: In the gym, how's that? Uh, how's that uh, mile time doing? Going down as usual. No, nah, I don't run. You don't run? Okay. You just lift. Just straight lifting. and Or, or is it just general physical fitness is, is what you really...
0: Just just lift. No leg days. <laughs> no legs? Just upper body? Uh, that's right.
1: Just bicep curls all day? That's fine, hey.
0: General fitness. Going to get a Peloton. You know, that kind
1: of... Oh, you better. You got it, yeah. The people don't the know about that. So what So what? What came... Of, so people don't know. We've talked about this off air while... Well, Christmas season was going on or whatnot is that uh, there was those Peloton ads that caused all the, the kerfuffle online and whatnot and and yeah. you, you know we were making fun of that and talking about the Peloton ads and you had mentioned that uh, the TLB was uh, sort of put a little uh, earworm in you and said hey those Peloton bikes those are pretty nice aren't they Joe and, and how did you handle this like what, what, what ended up happening with this because obviously your house does not have a Peloton bike in it uh, right now you did not buy a four thousand dollar exercise bike uh, to plop into the room so how did you kind of maneuver around that or or did or you? did I yeah or did you I guess I should ask.
0: No, she, we were talking about the, the commercial stuff, and um, she thought everybody was crazy. She's like, if you buy me a $4,000 exercise bike, the last thing I'm going to be is insulted or mad. She's like, that would be a tremendous gift. I was like, I agree. And then like, she's like, no, really. That would be a tremendous <laughs> –
1: like, You got caught in it.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, now I got to buy a fucking exercise bike. That that is the cost of a of a of a small efficient fucking car, um, but no, I did not, I did not get her the Peloton for Christmas.
1: Did you buy her a a, a lower value exercise bike, or did you just like forget that she even said that?
0: <laughs> how can you do that? Once? That's
1: tough. That's a tough get. Yeah. Hey, I know you wanted this, but here's this <laughs> it is is tough. Yeah. That's you can't do that. No, I, I agree.
0: But you know, I she's not one of these people who's going to be like how dare you get me an extra are you saying i'm fat she's not like that she would be like this is an awesome gift i can't believe you spent this much money on me and i'm gonna use this thing because it's cool and i'm gonna brag to my friends that i have a peloton that's why she wanted Right, right right she wanted to brag to her friends that she has a peloton she wanted to go on her little instagram or whatever the fuck and 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 say look i have a peloton it's like a status symbol you know what i mean so um no, that's how that all came to be, but I got out of that. I didn't I didn't buy the Peloton, nor did I spend even close to that amount of money on Christmas.
1: <laughs> did it ever wow. did it ever come up again or was it?
0: It hasn't come up. Okay. And, that's and I'm good. not about to bring it up because I gotta get through this landmine of holidays before it could ever come up again. You got Valentine's Day coming up, and then you got the anniversary coming up. And then it's clear sailing again until like the winter when the birthdays and the Christmases come, you know? It's like during baseball season, I have a breather. I could just watch my fucking Reds games, and there's no dopey holidays to worry about. So, I just, I just hope it doesn't come up again during this tough stretch. It's a tough stretch when you got Christmas, Valentine's, anniversary Mm -hmm. one after another. Yeah, I'm I'm right
1: there too. Yeah, I got. So the thing for me that sucks too is I got a birthday in there too. So. Uh, the nurse's birthday is two days after Christmas, which is just a hellacious like run here <laughs> is you got Christmas, her birthday, as you said, Valentine's day or anniversary is in April. It is hell. I cannot yeah. wait for May. May is so good. You know, <laughs> yeah. nobody expects it. A- Fourth of July. It's easy. We'll just go out, grill some yeah. ha- hot dogs, fucking watch some fireworks. We're good. Like that's it. You don't have to go and buy shit. You don't have to. But yeah, it's a hellacious four months for me. And, uh, uh, we're getting through it. We're almost to the end there, but, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, it sucks, you know? And you can't pull the all, you can't like combine any of them. You can't. Buy, oh, I'm going to do this for you for we're going to combine. No, it's just you got to do something different for each one. It's really a pain in the balls, honestly. But uh, what's good though is that our birthdays are real close together, so we usually just do a joint event. You know, so it's not like, you know, and then I could usually save a few bucks on that. You
1: know, yeah. But, I always uh, try the poly, Hey, I don't want anything for my birthday, so how about I not give you anything for your birthday? And it doesn't. It usually doesn't real. go well. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work ever. So. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Because I'm always like, don't. You know, because I don't really. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I never buy anything for myself. I just no, come out no, here and I familiar. talk to you like a dope. I watch wrestling and I watch sport. Like, that's it. I'm a very simple man. I play video games. I talk to you. Yeah. I watch wrestling. Like, that's all I do. That's my life. Like, I don't need anything. So I'm always yeah. like, no, nah, don't buy me Christmas gifts. Don't find me. Br-. And it's all because, like, in the end, I don't really want to do the same either. Like, I like gifting people stuff, but I also like just kind of, like, doing stuff with people. You know, I'd rather, I'd much rather just say, hey, you know, this weekend we'll go do whatever you want to do. Versus me going and buying some dopey thing and putting it together, or, you know, then there's the cost value of like, I look at it and I'm like, hey, I bought you that thing. You don't even use it. Oh, yeah, you know, there's all that. Sort of, so I'd rather just not buy anything, but it, it never works. It's always, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, all right. And it's like, oh, that, that, you're, you're agreeing, but you don't agree at all to, to this premise yeah. that I've, I've laid out here. So,
0: yeah, it, no, it doesn't. But she, see, her birthday's two days after Christmas. You could always just grab a gift off the Christmas pile, right?
1: Well, that's what I do. So what I do is, and, and this is kind of my, I've learned that she's not going to listen to this. So it's good. I can, I Is yeah. she just wants to open gifts. She just likes opening gifts. So what I do is I throw like an assorted amount of gifts underneath the tree. And I basically say, hey, yeah, you can open your. Bir-. You know, I say like, oh, no, that's a birthday gift. And that's a Christmas gift. There's like, you know, five or six gifts or whatever. And I say, well, you can open them whenever you want. So she doesn't know necessarily what is a Christmas gift and what is a birthday gift. And there's not necessarily this idea of oh for for Christmas he only got me two things, but his birth for the birthday I got three. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I throw it all under the tree, and then she can open it whenever she wants, which is usually just Christmas anyway. Right. And then I actually remind her that on your birthday, you know, if you open all these, you're not going to be able to open anything on your birthday. Kind of the guilt trip. Right. I put it on her. She doesn't care. She just opens it all anyway. She, so. You're
0: getting off. I think you, I I think you're getting off a little bit on this birthday. <laughs> I think. You're spending less money than if the birthday was in the middle of July. You know what I mean? I yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I do
1: That's... know what you mean, yes.
0: But see, what I have in my back pocket, see, the Peloton is like the back pocket emergency gift if I can't think of anything for Christmas. What a moment. hell of an emergency, though. <laughs> it's an expensive a fallback loan, option. A
1: small business loan for that thing.
0: Granted, it's an expensive fallback option, but I have the fallback option now. I could always panic. And do the panic move and just get the Peloton in here because I know she's excited about the Peloton. Or more importantly, excited about bragging to her friends that she has Peloton.
1: Right, exactly. Not necessarily working out on it, but taking selfies next to it is really the more yes. important aspect of, of purchasing a $4,000 exercise bike. Is telling other people that you have a $4,000 exercise bike. So,
0: I mean, I'm confident she would use it. But I'm also confident that the the, the bragging to the friends is the more important
1: Right, because she never said a Peloton or you know any exercise bike is fine, Joe. Because, you know, I, I was wow. like, hey, you know, shoot job wise. I was like, hey, here's some exercise bikes you want. And you're like, she doesn't want an exercise bike. <laughs> she wants a Peloton.
0: Like, Rich, be honest with the audience. Your suggestion was, Joe, here's a $200 exercise bike. You can tape an iPad to it. That was your suggestion. that's true.
1: And they have an app now. They have a Peloton app, a Peloton fitness app. You get all the same stuff that you would get on a Peloton.
0: Rich, but. I cannot buy her a $200 <laughs> exercise bike and tape an iPad to it. That's what you said. Tape an iPad. Like, get out the masking tape and tape the <laughs> Those iPad. Those iPads aren't, and...
1: aren't free either. I don't know if do you have one lying around, yeah. or you'd have to buy uh, you'd have to buy an iPad too. And and, the, and there's a monthly fee for the app. So this is it's adding See, up now. You know, if
0: I if I told you I did have one laying around, you'd be like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Just take an old iPad, tape it to the handlebars of the two hundred dollar bike, which I can get you a discount on because exactly. I work for the company. <laughs> right. And instead of spending. Are they really four thousand? or Are they like two thousand?
1: I don't. I forget what they are exactly.
0: They're I think they're like they're thousands it. of dollars. Is the point? Then You're like you could spend like one fifty. But mm-hmm. the thing is, I don't score any points with that. No. In not fact, at all. I lose points with that. Lots of points. You know. So you can't do that. But that's the kind of suggestions that fucking <laughs> creaky wallet creche over here gives. You
1: know, <laughs> like, so, it would have so- gotten her in shape just the same way. I, you know, I don't care about the bragging. I care about getting in shape. So you know. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to we got so much wrestling to talk about uh this week. We're going to lead off though with our, our our lead topic something we had to talk about and and you know we weren't quite sure exactly what was going to happen with this WWE quarter 4 uh investors call that was that that happened this morning as we were recording this on on a Thursday. And we got some bombshells in here. So I'm going to initially go over the, the, the first little kind of the notes and the facts and stuff before we kind of get to some of the stuff that really was juicy and some of the real fun stuff. And, and uh, expect a Russellomics radio this week uh, as well from Brandon Thurston, who I'm, I'm sure will do an incredible job uh, breaking this down in a much better detail than we can. But there's some stuff that we can uh, we can definitely touch on. Uh, here, so this is the first quarter of the the new domestic TV deals of course, with USA network and fox and and the upgrades with that and and the the quarter, the company had a net income of sixty three million dollars with revenues of three hundred and twenty two point eight uh, million uh, which is is up and those are those are both very good numbers for them uh, for the full year, they posted a net income of seven hundred uh, or seventy seven point one million off of revenue of nine hundred and sixty point four million which again. So it's a weird difference of <laughs> figures there. Net income, $77.1 million, even though the revenue was $960.4 million, but that's fine. Uh, major expenditures that they didn't bring up was uh, the company's new headquarters. Uh, they estimated another one hundred thirty to $160 million being spent on that in 2020. That's a hell of a headquarters there for $160 million additional for that, but uh, some other stuff as well, technology, infrastructure, yada, 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 all that sort of stuff. Um Core Content Rights, uh, that's what we assume is the USA Network. They, they weren't really broken up, so they were. we kind of have to assume that maybe NXT is in there, but we didn't get a figure on NXT, which led to something that you know we had touched on a few weeks ago as far as like how much are they really getting for NXT. We don't know because they kind of lumped everything in together. Uh, but Core Content Rights this quarter, uh, $264.6 million in revenue for the quarter, uh, which is huge upgrades, obviously, from USA uh, and Fox. But the big stuff that we want to touch on, the big thing that I think it, it really... Grabbed us and grabbed a hold of kind of everybody while this conference call was going on. Is is there was a little reference in the email they sent out and the in the you know the, the presentation deck they sent out that said something about the WWE network and and content distribution and 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 licensing and all this sort of stuff. And they gave a little bit more clarity in the conference call, but essentially the long and the short of it, and we'll get to kind of some of the specifics uh, as we touch on this. But it appears that and Vince McMahon said this is we're so far along in the process that quarter one, if a deal is made, we will announce it. That it looks like some sort of licensing agreement is going to happen, some sell agreement, whatever it's going to be, for premium, quote-unquote, premium content that had prior been on the WWE Network that is being looked to be sold, licensed, whatever, to another outside company is the long and the short. But we'll get to some of the specifics later, but, Joe, what would you make of that news that that was sort of stuck in there and then became – if you listen to the conference call, we have the audio up at uh, patreon.com uh, slash voices Wrestling as well. As you listen to the audio, they kind of try to slip it in and move on and say, hey, yeah, okay, there's that. And then move on and, and get to their other stuff. But the investors that called later and all the investor questions and answers later were all about this figure, uh, this, this figure that they brought up, this, this thing that they brought up about the WWE Network and, and the selling of premium content. Because essentially what they're saying is we're going to move the big pay-per-views off of the network and sell them to somebody and what the future of the WWE network is, we don't know and we don't really care, frankly. Was essentially what the end result of it was. So Joe, what'd you make of it when you were kinda of listening to the conference call and, and and listening to these, you know, facts and figures and, and, and you know, this this note being brought up?
0: Well, I mean the network was down again. I think they're what, down to one point four million subscriptions for the network. And uh this is the final white flag that the network has been a failure. You know, we knew that early on they were they were um, sacrificing pay-per-view dollars to get the network off the ground with the hopes that within initially, wasn't it a year that they would get the 3 million 3 subscriptions? Million, 3 million, yeah. We're now five, what, six years in? Six,
1: yeah, almost. February 2014. Can't believe it. I cannot believe it's been that long. But
0: We're six years in and they're at 1.4 million. And it's very obvious that they're not going to get to that 3 million. When and that's, were, down,
1: that's down I, 10% from uh, the last year's quarter four as well. So just, just for year over year. So
0: it's, it's going right. the wrong way. Yeah. It's going the wrong way. They're not. It's very obvious they're not going to get to the three million. You have to wonder if this is why Michelle Wilson was shit-canned because the network was her baby. Mm-hmm. And it was her idea to move all of the content to the network, um, including all of the pay-per-views, including WrestleMania, on the premise of – remember all of those wacky statistics and numbers they had. There's a WWE fan in over 300 million homes.
1: <laughs> One and- in three human beings and- – <laughs> Are <laughs> a WWE yeah. fan or something. ridiculous?
0: So, surely, surely we can attract 3 million of these people to pay $9.99 a month getting all the pay per views for free. And, um, you know, honestly, if you would have asked me in 2016 if by 2020 they had 3 million subs, I would have said absolutely they'll have 3 million subs in six years. Are you crazy? $10 for all the pay per views, including WrestleMania, the entire archive. But they never even came close. I don't think they ever hit 2 million. They, I
1: think that. briefly one quarter they were like 2.01 million or just just above it, and the next now, quarter was down. Was
0: that yeah. paid or was that when there was a bunch of free ones? There was a
1: weird. Remember, they were kind of weird about reporting that. I don't know. I don't remember if yeah. it was paid or not. But I, I don't. It, 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 whether it was or not, it didn't. It didn't sustain. I mean, they pretty much yeah. never got to two million on any sort of sustained level, free or paid or anything. So,
0: so they they struggle to even get two thirds of the way there, and they're moving in the wrong direction. So. Uh, And they've left a ton of revenue on the table. This is why when people say that the television deals are what's totally sustaining them, it's, that is what's totally sustaining them. Every other facet of their business is very shaky. If you listen to these calls and and you review the documents, it's, they got very, very, very lucky uh, timing wise with the television rights fees and how all of that fell and not so coincidentally, that's why Vince McMahon is attempting to, do you know redo the XFL, hoping that if they pull decent enough numbers in three years, they can cash in on rights fees for that as well. Um, it was funny too on the call how he was getting endless questions about the XFL. <laughs> Remember last week we talked about it. We said even though it's separate and it's not even un, you know going to the same coffers and it's a different company, which Vince had to keep saying again uh, that is uh, something different. We have 300 employees that are working very hard on that. But again, from an investor point of view, they're still apprehensive and nervous about that because it's the same guy. Even if it's a different company, even if it's some sleazy LLC-style move to just make sure the money is separate, there's still nervousness among the investors. Right. Oh, and and, and I
1: don't know if you're aware – you're aware of like the lawsuit that's going on regarding that, right? Before Before no. I kind of – so I don't I don't know if, if the listeners might many of you guys might not know this, but they're they're actually getting sued right now, and I don't know how long this is going to go for. I don't know what it is, but it's some like pipe fitters. I, pension fund, or so, I forget what I forget the exact significance of it, but it's some pension fund somewhere in some random region or whatever that that invested in in WWE stock for their pension funds that are suing WWE because they're looking at some of the stuff and going, hey, look, wait a minute, like WWE employees are helping with the XFL, which was admitted at one point by the WWE. You can look at the SEC filings and see that some resources in WWE are being used to to help. Facilitate the the launch of the XFL, and it's like, well, hey, wait a minute, you say this is different, but then like your employees are working for both or whatever, and then the big one, the big smoking gun is that the rights and 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 all the all the trademarks and all that of the XFL was sold to Alpha Entertainment for like nothing, like pennies basically, and these you know this pension fund thing is looking and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know there's there's literature out here that says like people were willing to pay five, you know, 50 million for this XFL trademark there. You know, the, the, the Charlie Ebersol stuff is like this guy was on record as saying I wanted to pay a lot for the XFL. And Vince McMahon's on record as saying, you know, the reason I decided to relaunch the XFL or big reason why I decided to relaunch the XFL was because, you know, I had heard that there was a lot going around this trademark or whatnot. So those that pension fund is looking and going, hey, wait a minute. If you're actually truly two separate companies, there is no way that Alpha Entertainment could buy all the trademarks to the XFL for pennies like they did. And we're saying, hey, look, as investors of WWE, like you're not being fair to us. You were, you did not make the most out of that transaction as you have. And you're using resources from my company, the company that we're investing in as a publicly traded company. And you're using that for the XFL, which is presumably a separate company. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But you can see that all in the SEC filings. It's, you know, again, Vince can say, oh, we're two totally separate companies. But the reason the investors are asking that and the reason the questions are coming up is because, yeah, you could call them two separate companies, but thus far they haven't been operated uh, entirely separate. So.
0: Yeah, and we knew last week we told everybody that was going to happen. Yeah, of course. So you know, and 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 here it is. But circling back to the pay per views, now they're in a real tough spot. So the idea is to sell off the pay per views to either uh, uh, Dazzin or ESPN Plus or Hulu or Netflix or whoever the fuck.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay? Peacock Peacock is my favorite uh, in the running right now. People, that that's the soon to be launched uh, NBCU uh, property, and and obviously. Comcast and NBC has had a long relationship uh, With WWE and they're launching their new Over the top network so it's it, it To me that's the leader in the pack but it could be any of those I, That's just pure speculation on my behalf So,
0: Sure I mean there's, there's some synergy There too but um, You know they'll be bidding For that or whatever and, and and what that'll Mean is those events will be taken Off of the network uh, At least live who knows if maybe it'll Be on like a 30 day thing Like the Raws and Smackdowns who knows It's way too early to speculate they'll be taken off of the network live. I think it would be smart for them to do a deal where they end up on the network in 30 days or 60 days or something. So people don't feel like they're totally losing the value they were getting for the past uh, six years. But at any rate, they'll take some bids. And uh, McMahon made it sound like on the call, like they were pretty deep into that um, process of, of selling off these premium events. They didn't specify whether it was the big four, the traditional big four or all of the pay-per-views and or and maybe all the takeovers as well. None of that was specified, so it could be any combination of all of that. Either way, you're removing value from that 9.99 price. I can't imagine they would take a lot of balls to keep the price at 9.99, right? If you're removing, you know, the number one what everyone believes is the number one. Um, uh, asset of having the network is getting those shows for 10 bucks a month right
1: yeah it'd be real tough i mean it was already tough to kind of keep it at 999 when you took nxt off and you've taken a lot of the the original content off but at the end of the day the real driver was always going to be the pay-per-view so as long as you still had those pay-per-views it was like all right whatever else it's just kind of the cherry on top of nxt uk and the archives and all that sort of stuff but hey we're still getting the pay-per-views uh for 999 yeah if those leave it's it's going to be real difficult uh to continue sort of saying that that should be you know nine ninety nine or whatnot. And, and for people that want a little bit more, I, I do have a piece up at voiceofwrestling.com right now uh, just kind of covering that. And there's some quotes in here uh, that we'll go over right now. And, and you know Vince, early in the conference call, uh, he referred to it as strategic alternatives to the WWE Network. That was the word, the buzzword that they used. Uh, he said they they could be implemented quite frankly in the next quarter. I like the quite frankly. <laughs> oh yeah, he uses that actually. <laughs> his terms. Uh, uh, he did say here. This is a quote that I thought was really, really, really like eye opening to me as well. Uh, "Quote: We have a lot of options. We continue on a free and enhanced paid tier." This is when he asked. You know, somebody asked him about you know what what to happen with what would happen with the WWE Network. I uh, said, "Right now is no more better time than to exercise the selling of our rights." All the majors are really clamoring for. Our our content, uh, a JP Morgan investor, Ash pay-per-views, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, uh, are you be willing to move all that off the network? And and uh, Riddick, who's Edward, uh, uh, I forget his middle name, Edward, Edward Riddick, whatever. Uh, Frank, Frank, sorry, it's not Edward. Frank A. Riddick, the third uh, the interim CFO, he said that uh, at this point, there's nothing that would stop us from doing a different type of transaction with the network, which is kind of a way to just kind of get away from the question and basically say, so what was interesting is like, you know, I, I pointed out at the beginning, like they kind of just, they brought up strategic alternatives to the W network that we hope will, add, you know, add revenue and yada, yada. And they moved on and they tried to get to the next, subject right away. But when the investor Q&A started, like everybody was like, all right, well, hold on a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You've been telling us for six years it was all about this network, all about over the top, all about direct to consumer, all about owning all your content. And now you're just saying, yeah, we're going to license all the content or we're going to license the most premium content or whatever. And rightfully so, a lot of the investors were spooked off by this and, and really kind of questioning, okay, what is going on here? What what Like you're essentially just saying in the most easy terms that, hey, this thing that we've been telling you for six years, it's a failure and we're, we're getting away from it. And that's what it is. I mean, that, that, there's no other way to spin this. I mean, we'll see when the deal eventually comes down, but there's no way to spin this. They're trying to sell the most premium part of the network and by proxy sell really the only thing that is important to most people about the network and is the pay-per-views. And that's that's a big news story. That's a huge story for this company that transformed everything about their company to go in this direction of the WWE Network. And, and like you said, it's it's very clearly that this is the reason why... Uh, Barrios and Wilson are 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 no longer at the company because they've been. They're really the champions of the W Network from the beginning. Barrios always said that you know he enjoyed the the, the fact that they owned all their content. They were content delivery, direct to consumer, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, like you said, Michelle Wilson was kind of the, the driving force behind you know the initiative, really being as as overarching as it was as well. That everything is going to be on the network. Everything is going to be on there. And the ouster of them. Really coincides with this, I think, pretty carefully and pretty obviously is is Vince saying, "Hey, look, I'm going to tell people that we're selling the shit and we're, we're moving on uh, from from the network being what it has been for the last six years." And 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 we're starting, we we found the smoking gun. I think I, I, I'm almost positive this has to be why both of them uh, were ousted, you know, in the same day, basically. So
0: yeah, and there's just so many streaming services, and so many are struggling. I just saw a news story today that the CBS All Access. Um, has not even come close to hitting their projections uh, you know over the last uh, five years that they've been and they' they're restructuring that service and 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 adding new bells and whistles to it so it's a tough market and you've got your majors as Vince refers to them which I assume he's referring to Netflix and probably hulu and and, and probably a few others and then you have all these others that are just fighting for scraps and that's where WWE network is right now and he just, has decided to throw the towel yeah. and has and and you know I can't blame him it it hasn't worked it's been a failure uh, there's no other way to spin it it cost these two people their jobs and who who basically gambled on it and it's been 6 years how mu- how much longer is this guy expected to wait around it's not happening and here's the problem you've got almost an entire generation of fans a half generation of fans who have no concept of paying fifty or sixty dollars for a pay per view? How are you going to talk them into doing that now? I mean, it's been so long. Like we remember paying that much for pay per views, right? But I don't know if I'm. I would not go back to. Oh paying God, that no, much no, no. And,
1: and, and and that's the problem that they've created that value in your head. Whether right or wrong, whether I would or if I could or whatever, they have told you for the last half a decade plus. That these pay-per-views are priced, at that they set their own value, and we said we said at the time, go and listen to our shows from 2014 when we said at the time that we would never have ever put WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, whatever you want to say, we'd have never put those on the network because you price those immediately at 9.99. Those are no longer premium paper. If you want to say, hey, fucking Great Balls of Fire is 9.99 on our network or Fastlane or all this other bullshit, that's fine. That then I. And that at the time, I had no issue with that as well. But but I remember us having discussions with Chris Harrington, with Brandon Thurston, between you and I, and saying I cannot believe that they are going to price WrestleMania out of the gates. Because remember, this thing launched in February. Out of the yes. gates, they said WrestleMania is included in the network, and it's like, well, right there when you do that, you have basically set the value. And it's like they didn't they didn't say that was a one time thing. They said that that was it, and and the fact that it was it that for the last six years, like you said, an entire generation of wrestling fans have grown up basically thinking, hey. You know, I subscribe and I get the pay per views for free, basically, or I pay ninety nine for the pay per views, or however you want to to, to to phrase it. But like ten dollars is the value. You cannot now say, "Hey, pay us nine ninety nine for you know some archives and some ride alongs and all this sort of stuff." Oh yeah, we're gonna do forty five dollars for a uh, Fastlane, or hey, we're gonna need fifty bucks for WrestleMania from you. Like you're not going back to that. You can't put that toothpaste, you know, back, back in. Like that that is not gonna happen. And. I mean, there might be some that do it. I mean, maybe WrestleMania, maybe WrestleMania, you can sell it. But still, six years is a long time to tell people, hey, this is the price of the thing and and don't, you know, and and this is it. I mean, there was, God, (laughs) Joe, remember we were laughing about it? There were segments where JBL and Michael Cole would point and laugh at fans that were paying for pay-per-views. Do you remember those from Raw? Yeah. JBL will go, Mago, I, I can't believe it. There's these idiots out here paying $60. Can you believe it? And it's like, you dummies. Like, you set that price and you set that value. You can't go back now. You can't say, oh, uh, sorry, yeah, pay us 60 bucks now. You know, you yeah. can't do that unless all of a sudden you have a something. That, I mean, if you have a Conor McGregor esque star, it's what UFC is doing. And we'll talk about that a little bit with ESPN Plus or whatever. If you have a star of that magnitude, that, like, hey, the only way you're going to be able to see this person do what they do is by paying us $60. Maybe you can pull it off, but UFC was smart in never, ever pricing those, never losing the, the sight of those. Like, yeah, on ESPN Plus, there's a bunch of just random fights and random fight nights and all sorts of stuff that you can watch. But when the big dogs come out, when the big stars are on, you got to pay us money. You got to pay us a little bit more. WWE did not do that. WWE just said everything is here, and now they're gonna try to go back to that. And, and it's just, I, I think you know these networks are are gambling on it working, and whoever the what, streaming service picks them up is is gambling on that working. I don't think it's gonna work. It's gonna be a monumental failure. I think. There's no way.
0: Isn't that your first question if you're at the table? If you're representing one of these other over-the-tops is how are we going to re-educate your fan base to pay 50 to $60 for these pay-per-views when they've been paying 10 for the last six years?
1: I mean, you would, but I mean, Fox gave them a billion dollars, so I don't know anymore. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean like, – I, mean, I would. And, <laughs> you're and you're absolutely right. We were screaming that they were nuts to give away the big four for for $10, especially WrestleMania. Because you're right, you can't go back from that. And now six years later, they're trying to go back from that. And again, I think they have a bit of a problem in that I don't know if you could still charge 9.99 for the network now without the pay-per-views or with limited pay-per-views or whatever the fuck. I don't know if you could – I think you have to lower the price. Take a lot of balls not to. And I think this also explains why the tiers never rolled out and the addition of Progress and OTT and ICW and all this and Evolve – never happened because it seems as though Vince has been considering this move for some time and before he said before he was you know okay to gave the green light to adding all this additional content to the network and continuing to invest in the network he wanted to think this through and ultimately the decision became let's peel back from the network I think what you're going to see is one of these over-the tops so will buy the rights to uh, the pay-per-views and I think that they'll probably try to keep the price at nine ninety nine and sell you on the idea of you're still getting the pay-per-views, but you're getting them in 60 days or 30 days. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's what they're going to attempt to do and maybe add in some of these indie promotions or whatever to try to fluff up and push the idea that you're still getting value. Maybe, okay, you're still getting takeovers and you're getting all the Evolve events and all the progress events and – the entire progress and OTT libraries. And they're going to attempt to keep it at nine ninety nine. I think that's going to be the move. And I think that this is a white flag conceding that they're never getting the 3 million. And I, I think that Vince feels he can make more money on the rights to the pay-per-views than he can treading water, selling them for $10 a
1: month. And I, and I don't disagree either. I, I, Honestly, it, it you know we're not one that you know always you know, give McMahon a, a ton of credit for his business, but I, I you know given where the the the, the trend is going and
0: let me cut in a second yeah go ahead that's one thing we do give him credit for his business acumen that is his strength. The other point, which we'll get to when you're done making this point, is it all comes down to the product and the creative. That's where he's lost his touch. But go ahead and make
1: your yeah. Point. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, you know, in the last year we've seen Disney Plus come up, and and of course Disney Plus is a consolidation of you know Marvel, National Geographic, and Pixar, and Star Wars, and all that sort of stuff. ESPN Plus is an amalgamation of everything that ESPN does, all their properties, including the UFC events. You know, the Peacock is going to be the similar thing to anything that's under U- NBC Universal. They're just going to lump it all into one, and that's what we've kind of seen now is, is is the trend. And and McMahon is 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 and and smartly looking at the landscape and going, okay there's all these dynamos in the industry. There's, there's your Netflix, your Hulu's, your ESPN pluses, your Disney plus and all these giant Titans. And then there's us on our own little like thing that we're doing. And like, I think he's absolutely correct in that people are going to want to spend, spend top dollar to get to that. I, I'm, I'm, and that's why the Peacock seems to me to be the 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 leader in the clubhouse because the NBC Universal connection, the Comcast connection, and they're trying to launch and they're trying to launch in this atmosphere with all these dynamos. And like you said, CBS tried to kind of launch low and hey, we got a little bit of this stuff and some of our CBS properties and all this, and it died. It just absolutely got killed. And 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 in in this marketplace, it absolutely got killed. I mean, Disney Plus is you know twenty eight eight million people are on you know Disney Plus. It's- Insane. ESPN Plus, uh, just shy of eight million for them as well, and just you know, big money coming in for ESPN Plus as well. So these other, you know, wh- whoever it might be, DAZN, whether it be uh, Peacock, whether it be whoever, is looking at this landscape and oh, hey, look, if we want to compete, we got to pay top dollar for for big time content and first run content. So just like the TV rights deal, Vince Smartly is going, hey, look, hey. We have first run content. We have live content. We have this. We have that. And 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 I think he's absolutely correct in this assessment of of you know what let's 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 get out of this game. We're fighting a losing battle. Let's just license our money, get money up front. And yeah, maybe we aren't you know getting hundred percent of what we were going to get before. Maybe we aren't direct consumer and all this sort of stuff. But man, we're going to get a big healthy check from these companies that need us right now to compete in this landscape. So I I I I think he's absolutely doing the right move. But it is it is conceding that the w network is is has been a failure and 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 will be a failure and, and like you said it's waving a white flag on on the network as we know it is it will never be the same after this day for sure
0: well he's going to put them on pay-per-view they're they're still on pay-per-view they never left pay-per-view we should mention that um and there's still like 100,000 people that pay for these pay-per-views um you know on a monthly basis so he'll he'll still have them on pay-per-view and then I guess whoever buys the rights, the rights to these shows ha- can do whatever they want with them. They can just fold them into their service and not charge anything extra for them. Or they could do what ESPN Plus does with UFC and charge $50, $60 for them. That – once he sells the rights off, that isn't his concern exactly, anymore, right? Exactly. Right, right, right. I mean you know, it doesn't really matter at that point if, if Disney Plus, let's say, acquires the WWE pay-per-views. They can just make that part of their price – Okay, now included monthly WWE pay per views, right? Which, by or the way, they-
1: that's a huge change for Vince McMahon, too. I mean, this, this, mon- I mean, the, the, one of the great control freaks in, in, you know, and he is a, and I think this is something that, that is a big thing as well. Sorry to interrupt, but like, we'll, we'll put a pin in this, you know, he is basically saying, Hey, look, give me money and then do whatever you want with my content. That has never been Vince McMahon's MO. Even when he signs yeah. these TV deals, he wants to be in charge of it. He wants to be the guy at the gorilla. He wants to be the one running the show. He wants to be, that's always been his MO. The fact that he is, by this, you know, from what we can kind of assume here and speculate, he is saying, "Hey, look, give me a check, and then here you go. Here's my content, and then knock yourself out. Do whatever you want with it." Which is wild, and that that's complete. And it shows. And I think what it does, and you you kind of let off the segment by talking about that. It shows how you know. Yeah, the TV deals are great. Yeah, the revenue is great. But but deep down, overall, this company is not super healthy right now. And the fact that Vince McMahon is willing to trade in. All the control and the control of his content and the control of his pay-per-view content for a check and for licensing fees or rights fees or whatever, that's a big story. Because this has never been a guy who's ever wanted to do that, ever, from the moment he took over the company from his dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're, and, and, I mean, if you're one of these companies, I mean, you know how many people are willing to pay $9.99, 999 a month for the pay-per-views. It's $1.4 But you're not going to get all $1.4 you also know that. So it's a game of, all right, how many of these $1.4 million can we get? And then is it more advantageous to us to charge $40, 50 $60 for the pay per views and, you know, get even less of that pie, but make it up with the price? It, it's, it then becomes a shell game, you know, and trying to figure out. See, But Vince must feel that whatever he can get in one of these licensing agreements will exceed the. Roughly one point five million people who are subscribing to his network in perpetuity because it's not growing. Right. Plus, he knows he's going to lose subscribers of the network, but um, you know, you know, you are not going to lose them all, so you are still getting uh, revenue from the network. Plus, you are getting the check from whoever cuts you the check. Plus, you are still getting your pay per view revenue, and that'll get bumped up a little bit if you take them off the network because there might be some people who say, "Ah, eh, you know what." I don't want to subscribe to Disney Plus or or Hulu or whatever and – or I don't – why would I pay those guys $60? I could just order it off of – so his pay-per-views will go up. Uh, So either – no matter – but no matter what, at the end of the day, this is a white flag that the network was a failure. And to me, that's the big news here. And uh, we really – I mean it was – I mean, we sit here and say what a great deal it's been for these six years and it was, but the market doesn't agree. I mean, people didn't buy this.
1: Right. You and I thing. love it, and I I said, and we're on record. I will be a subscriber forever. As long as those archives stay up, they'll get my yes. ten dollars, they'll get my fifteen dollars, they'll get my five whatever price they switch it to, as long as those archives stay up and I could just throw on a random episode of, you know, world class anytime I want, they're gonna get my money every single month. But we're the outliers. <laughs> we are definitely the niche here, so
0: I'm surprised it didn't work. I mean, again, if you would have asked me six years ago, I would tell you they would have hit that three million by now, easy. I mean, I, I to me it feels like a no brainer, and it, you know, and now they've conditioned people, so it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out and what and what and what changes occur when it comes to the network.
1: Yeah, there's some other stuff as well that uh, we're not going to get into right now. I think that was the big thing that we got. But again, like I said, Rustonomics Radio uh, with Brand Thurston will be coming up sometime uh, this
0: well, week. Well, Rich, how about the fact that Saudi Arabia just pays them if they feel like <laughs> it? When they want. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's hey, kind of a get big our deal. going to check now?
1: No. All right, no problem. <laughs> Whenever you get to it, it's fine. Thank you.
0: No problem, and We'll be there again next month. So yeah, we'll be no there problem. In a few right. weeks. Yeah. This week, right? Next week
1: they're uh not I don't know if it's next week or yeah, when is the next Saudi Blood Money show? Uh Saudi WWE show. British yeah, Chase
0: Big Title Challenge, sir.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got to oh, that. Thursday oh,
0: right. <laughs> I forgot. So, uh, Oh know, on my but,
1: birthday. Hell, what a birthday present. Yeah, Super Showdown 2020 on my birthday. Hell yeah, let's go.
0: I don't know why you don't watch those shows. They're highly amusing. <laughs> well,
1: I'm usually at work when they're going on, but uh, yeah, I
0: mean that—that that, that is a problem. There's
1: also, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, sheiks just mulling around in the front row and in their with their couches, and wrestlers just not giving a shit and rushing through four minute matches. I mean, they're they're train wrecks in all the right ways. Um, they've never been good, but they've all been enjoyable, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, they just pay them if they feel like it. And lately, they haven't felt like paying them,
1: right? And they're and they're they're about to sign a TV deal with Saudi Arabia, but the Saudis just won't put pen to paper for whatever reason. They're just waiting.
0: Uh, you know, maybe we'll pay you, maybe we won't. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe. sign this
1: contract, maybe we we won't. We'll see.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll let you fly out of the country, maybe we won't. You know, it's just all of these things are just at the whims uh-huh. of uh, you know.
1: But you see that other graph, though. You see that other graph, and man, those quarter fours, man, they pop, they pop. The quarter four and quarter one, man, those graphs are huge, and you see why they do it every single year, and why they do this. But like you said, it, it, it ultimately doesn't really matter if they don't pay you, or if they don't actually give you the money. But um, yeah, it's 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 a very interesting thing, the the, the Saudi thing, and it was kind of funny. Um, uh, one of the uh, people that on the conference call was basically like, you know, even telling us about these Indian Saudi Arabia deals for like three years. You know, what's taking so long? And they were just like, ah, oh, you know, it's a uh, difficult to, uh, you know, sometimes there's, I forget the quote, there was like intricacies of working with the Saudi government or something like that, was there, <laughs> yeah, like but, corporate yeah, speak I'll term say.
0: for it, I was like, yeah, It's
1: sure. one way to put it, for sure, yeah, that's it's actually oh, an
0: honest answer, I mean, there are lots of intricacies in working with the, uh, with the Saudi government, so that's not even a lie. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy, and then the end result of being scared shitless of the XFL and not trusting that it's uh, completely different, and and the Saudis just not paying these assholes and the uncertainty with the pay-per-view in the network and the stock immediately dropped another 12% like in the minutes following the call. Yeah, which, I don't know which, which by the way, when, when today, you
1: report but... record revenue that this is the biggest revenue we've ever had in a single year and the yeah. discussion after this and, and the stock – Looks like it does after that. It, it tells you because a lot of people saying, "Oh well, look at the revenue; it's record revenue or whatnot." Yeah, that, that's that's true. It is record revenue, but the flags, you know, the red flags are all across there. I mean, the, the, the talk after this is that what's happening with this network, and obviously, investor confidence is is is, is low, and it's been very low the last few week, uh, last few weeks, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's 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 taking quite the beating. Um, since Wilson and, and Barrios went out, and then after this conference call, uh, confidence did not get restored very, uh, very much. So, well,
0: they had the balls to say television ratings were up in quarter four because that's when SmackDown went to Fox, and technically they're doing more viewers on Fox, and that was when NXT got the little bump from Survivor Series. You know, so it's funny because you could tell these truths that are really lies. It, you know what I mean? It is like, yeah, TV was up. In the fourth quarter, quotation marks, you know, but it's like, you wonder if these investors are savvy enough to understand that, you know, TV, that, that you know, the SmackDown numbers have dropped like a stone to about 2.4 million a week. And NXT is getting their ass kicked every Wednesday and, and, and it's just all, uh, you know, it's, 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 they're lying truths that you tell a lot of times on these calls. But uh, look, it took a lot of guts to fire these two people. A week before the call, and go on there with an interim uh, person running the company, and have to answer all of these questions and and show up and say, "Hey, oh, by the way, we're completely changing the WWE network as well." Right. I mean, so they—it's like they knew the stock was going to tumble. I mean, you know, it's not like this is unexpected. You don't make moves like this and think you're going to stay at, you know, seventy-five dollars a share or whatever it was at. You know, they knew this was going to happen. It's just they have to make they have to make the right hires and really cut a good deal for these pay-per-views. Those are the next two steps that will determine, you know, whether the stock remains undervalued or whether the stock continues to struggle.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and some other notes as well. And I guess a good way to kind of conclude this segment here is that uh, live event revenues also dropped uh 30% year over year, uh, 56 fewer events as well, uh, and lower average attendance across the board as well, which kind of speaks to the point you were bringing up a little bit earlier is, you know, we can talk about all this business stuff and all those sort of things, but the best way to get this company back on track is just be better, <laughs> you know, get people watching your product is it's as simple as, I mean, it, it, it seems you're boiling it down to the simplest thing ever, but yeah, the product is, is as cold as it's been in, in, in quite some time. And it's, being reflected in pretty much every business category except for the TV deals.
0: Well, if you're selling your pay-per-views to third parties, now you have to make sure these pay-per-views deliver again, and I think they got away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 undercut their own pay-per-view value to ten dollars a month, and then they treated them like they were worth ten dollars a month, and that's why they only have one point four million subscribers because they don't feel special, and they stopped. Uh, you know, we don't remember the days anymore of of. Wow, this, this pay-per-view feels hot. They just all feel cold. None of them feel hot. But if, you know, you've got a four year licensing agreement with whoever the fuck, you gotta produce so that they re-up with you. Right. You gotta make sure these things sell now. So you would think logically that would result in an uptick of effort and quality of the television, but who knows? I mean, maybe they're so bad at it now that it won't you know and and they just are what they are and maybe this has been effort even though it looks like there's no effort maybe they have been trying and they're just terrible at it and there's no t- coming back from it until the main voice at the table is 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 somebody else that's the scary part you know everyone seems to ever i hear everybody saying oh well the pay-per-views will be better now and the TV will be better now because now we're back to the days where they really have to sell these
1: papers. <laughs> Didn't we hear that before they went to Fox? Like I thought we
0: But isn't there a there's no guarantee of that. Maybe this is who they are. Right. And they just suck at this. Maybe they were desperately trying to uh build to uh you know hot pay-per-views to get that subscriber number up and they just couldn't. Maybe they do think King Corbin's a great idea. You know, it's like and that's the worrisome part. And that's why the stock is tumbling. Cause there's a lot of now everyone these investors now are seeing the cracks that a lot of us had been seeing for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought this is a very poignant call. We again like I said we have the audio Uh, Up at Patreon.com/slash of Wrestling for anybody who wants to listen, but uh, the questions are usually like these softballs and just these generic, like "Hey Vince, you know, thank you for taking the call. Like, I see this," and Vince would give like one little stock answer, and they're like, "All right, thank you." But like, people were going in. There was one guy being like, "Hey, why are we continuing to acquire talent when there's no real return on investment for that talent?" I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! Like, let's go!" Like, there was question after question. What's happened with these Saudi deals? What's happened with this India deal? Why are you spending? Like, once he said that this network thing is going down, then people, the floodgates open, and people were like, "All right, well, hold on a minute. Like, let's." start digging into this shit now and find out what's happening why is this happening why and the XFL questions and the talent acquisition questions and and why do we have record revenue but our income is lower than it was like what are we what's happening why are the expenditures so much like what what why is live event going down why is the tenants going down? it was it was they took their lumps here this this Q&A was a lot like there was fastball after fastball, punch after punch coming WWE's way, and and it's like you said, it's it's in some ways it's long overdue because there had been cracks for a while, but yeah, this for whatever reason this was the call where everybody was just like, all right, hold on a minute, like let's really talk about this and really kind of and and it, it probably helps too that the ouster of two co-presidents in that same quarter as well is like, all right, look, like what, what's going on here, like what 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 is what is being done here, and I think one person straight up asked like Vince, how can you? You know, how can you handle all this stuff? Like, how how can you handle the XFL and and, and, th- and everything you're doing and and all this sort of stuff? And I think his answer was like, Oh, I have broad shoulders, I can handle it, or whatever. And it's
0: like it was some macho answer. Yeah, the yeah, investors yeah. are like, uh, the
1: reason we're asking that is no, you can't. You're a 70, what, it's, four-year-old man or whatever. No, you can't handle all this stuff. Like,
0: and it's obvious that you're not doing a good job handling
1: it. Exactly. That was the question. It's kind of like, yeah, it wasn't necessarily can you handle it? The question is, you're not handling offense Like, so what's your plan yeah. moving forward? And the plan was I have broad shoulders or whatever. And it's like, all right like like i i remarked to somebody that like the second that investor i think he was from uh like Maryland Lynch or something like that like he hung up and probably told all of his guys hey fucking sell this stock this stock sucks like we're done and here. And, they,
0: like, and, and rich they did right they, immediately you could tell stole. from his
1: answer he was like oh all right vince and you could tell he hung up and just said sell that shit we're done like we're out of here
0: it's it, it's a bad product and that's really what it all comes down to people will watch on tv and buy tickets to shows and buy your merch and buy your pay-per-views, and pay for your network if the product and the creative is good. And the product and creative are terrible. No one thinks this shit is good, except the hardest of their most hardcore fans. Who will, the kind of people who will accept anything this company hands them are the only people that enjoy it at this point. That's how bad it is. And that's why all the numbers are dropping down to just that core group of fans. That's the answer. That's the fix. It's not moving money around and 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 sc- and scoring new licensing di- No, it's just make the fucking product better. That's the root of all of their issues. And it's kind of like, I think sometimes we lose sight of that, even though we watch every Monday and Friday, and and, and all these papers, and they're well, all speak terrible. For
1: yourself, speak for yourself. Speak The Monday and Friday thing.
0: <laughs> we, as in, you know,
1: <laughs> the collective. Yes.
0: And it's always bad. And it's been bad for so long now that I don't think people. Realize how just how bad it is the people who do watch every weekend are just habit watchers The people who defend it they don't even understand they don't even realize themselves that they're watching something that just fucking sucks that's where the change needs to occur and i you know that that's their biggest problem more than any of this other stuff that we wasted really a half hour talking about that is their biggest issue and that's what it all comes down to
1: Absolutely. So there's that. As I said, patreon.com slash voice wrestling, as we have that uh, that call up there if you want to uh, listen in. Uh, Brandon Thurston will, of course, have a WrestleNomics radio this week as well, breaking it down in, in much more detail. And, of course, if you're, if you're interested by this at all, uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter, at WrestleNomics as well, where he's been uh, tweeting out stuff and uh, all throughout the day and all throughout the week, uh, kind of covering this, this story. And, and obviously the ongoing story of the of the WWE Network as well. Like I said, voiceofwrestling.com. I have a, uh, a column up there as well if people want to uh, see what's going on and... and, and, and Kind of my speculations or whatnot, which a lot of it was said on, on this show, but I, I got in a little bit more detail about kind of the other networks and and, and why they're so successful and why WWE Network maybe uh, isn't as successful. But Joe, I heard you have a little bit Rich. of breaking hey, news Rich. for me. Hold on, is this true?
0: What? Wait, what? What's going on?
1: I got I got a text from you that said you there's breaking news that you have for me, Joe.
0: You must be doing a, a bit. I'm uh, doing a I'll bit. Play I'll play along. Yes, I sent you a text, Rich.
1: Right now, I see it. Joe Lanza. I have breaking news, Joe. Stop, uh, t- Rich, stop talking. So what, what do you got? What do you got?
0: Oh, God. Am I supposed to? I, Rich, I got to be honest. I, I'm lost on this bit. I, I would love to keep it going. I have no idea where you're going with this.
1: <laughs> I, I, something about an important PSA from Manscaped.com? That's what oh. your next text said? It said important oh, PSA yes. from yes, Manscaped.com? Like, you're texting me this stuff, Joey. I know you're flustered by this breaking news, but but let's let's try to hold this together. That's here.
0: right. You're correct, Rich. There is breaking news. This is an important PSA, and it is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement.
1: Wait, run that back. What would you say? Did you say public or pubic?
0: This is your pubic service announcement. You heard that right. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created this new trimmer was just released moments ago and we are the first to confirm the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 what manscaping trimmer it is now available rich the third generation trimmer cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents nobody wants an accident in that part of the body millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to the third generation, the brand-new Manscaper 3.0.
1: This is unbelievable. Yeah, so, so I'm looking at this here. So uh, wh- what this – and thankfully, we were, we were sent this by Manscaped.com as well. Thank you uh, for so much for sending this. Uh, they said if you use the uh, the lawnmower 2.0, uh, easy transition, same replaceable blade, with just new and improved skin-safe technology. Can't beat that. Uh, this is premium. Battery will last up to 90 minutes, Joe. 90 minutes. We talked about a few weeks ago how the, the battery, I never charged my lawn, lawnmower 2.0. Uh, I guess I never have to charge the lawnmower 3.0 now. 90 minutes. Unbelievable. Let me taste
0: something. My 2.0 is in the trash because I'm all about the
1: 3.0,
0: obviously. I never charged that thing once. I never charged it once. Unbelievable.
1: So we are, we are kind of like... We did get these sent to us, and and I will say, like truthfully told, uh, the the feature that I love the most. I didn't even know this was a new feature. I, I I opened up the box. I got ready to do my my thing, and uh, I noticed LED light. It illuminates the area. More precise trimming because I try. You know, I try to do it in the cloak of darkness. You know, you're shaving your balls. It's like it's either early in the morning or late at night. You're never shaving your balls at like you know 1 p.m. when the sun's shining or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Right. I don't know about you, but I'm usually doing it over the cloak of darkness or whatever, and trying to do it. You know. <laughs>
0: standing over a toilet
1: exactly so i I turned this thing on to do you know what i was gonna do and a fucking light comes on i'm like oh what the hell is this and i was like let's go what a great feature that led light is man it's incredible also upgraded to a 7,000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology and i noticed it as well the old the the lamor 2.0 very good product not bad but yeah you notice this 3.0 man the light comes on it's quieter and it's it shaves unbelievably well i was stunned at how good this lamor 3.0 was
0: and listen, you got to have to shave balls. I mean, you know, we can't keep, but our listeners understand this, okay? Uh, you're going to get more action. You're, there's no doubt about that. And you're just going to you, you you look better, you feel better. You look better, you feel better. So you got to shave those balls.
1: Yeah, and, and the, 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 the the women too. We've heard from a lot of women that, that, that listen right. to the show that get the manscape. So it's not it's not just for the men. Like the, you know, they talk about balls and they talk about all this sort of stuff. Women don't don't be shy either. You can you can get a nice shave in there too.
0: The Manscaper 3.0 does not know your gender. All it knows is it's getting rid of those pesky hairs. It's all that matters, Rich.
1: Absolutely. So, Okay, so if if I'm reading this PSA right, this pubic uh, service announcement, 20% off and free shipping with code VOW at Manscaped.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff here. So Manscaped.com, promo code VOW, uh, 20% off and free shipping. That's Manscaped.com, promo code VOW, 20% and free shipping for the lawnmower 3.0, as we said. Great new features, quiet stroke technology, better motor, just better – a skin-safe technology, but you can use the same blades as well. So if you were a a lawnmower 2.0 person and you bought a bunch of extra blades and all that sort of stuff, you don't have to worry. You can use the same blades, but now you get a bunch of upgrades in terms of the lights, the better motor, the the, the quiet stroke technology, the skin-safe technology, the better battery life. Like, it's a no-brainer. So manscaped.com, promo code VOW, 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code V-O-W. So – Thank you, Joe, for for doing that pubic service announcement. You were you were going wild on the text, and I was just like, "Oh, jeez, let's <laughs> go out of here." Like, yeah, I kind of dropped the ball on that one, but we got through no, it. No, we got through it. It was it was it was good. So yeah, you were flustered. and I get it. Like when breaking news comes in, when a public a pubic service announcement comes in, you know, it gets it gets a little wild. But um, <clears throat>
0: not every day you have a pubic service. No, announcement. No, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Can you believe the ball? How about speaking of balls? Okay. Can you believe – I can't believe we forgot this. Can you believe the balls on Vince when somebody asked about AEW and whether they were a factor in some of their troubles? First of all, he brought up the PG thing again. Ah, Well, we're a PG product. Uh, We don't do that, blood and guts. And then he was like...
1: (laughs) Even though they spent the last two months having an angle. Angle after angle about people fucking each other's wives, you know, non-stop. But yeah, okay, that's fine.
0: PG product. But they have to stay PG because then they have more options to sell. You can go to Disney. Exactly. But anyway. um, I think he said we're one of
1: the only true PG products, which I was like... Like, like, Yes. Because he didn't say wrestling either. He said we are one of the true PG products. And I was like, Vince, like... Yeah, I don't know about that. I feel like there's stuff that I've seen on TV that is a little bit more PG than what you're presenting. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't. But, yeah, that was uh, an interesting quote from him. But, yeah, anyway.
0: And then he had the balls to say, and we're competing on Wednesdays and we're competing very well. Dude, you're getting your ass kicked. You're getting destroyed on Wednesdays. What is this guy? Look, I know you have to say that on the call. Like, I get it. Okay. But, I mean, you know he is saying that through gritted teeth. He does not believe that they are competing well on Monday nights. In fact, with each passing week that they lose by like 40% in the demo, he is writing fucking Paul out of the will. I mean, you know it. Okay? There's no way he's pleased with them, with the the level that they've been competing on, on Wednesday night with another crushing defeat this week which is now five weeks in a row that they've lost by, like, 200,000 total viewers and 40% in the demo.
1: Yeah, we've gotten I pretty can't boring. B- we've gotten pretty boring here. I don't, it's I don't boring. Think, yeah, there's nothing more to really talk about. I, the don't, know talk yeah. about
0: on, I don't know what to talk about on the, on the fucking Thursday reviews anymore. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. If you want to hear me struggle to come up with with uh, hot takes, I think – you know what my hot take was? You didn't listen yet, Rich, because I just finished before we started. Do you want to know how deep I had to dig for a hot take this week on the Thursday TV reviews? You want to even – you couldn't even possibly guess the topic I decided to rant on and build a hot take around. Kip Sabian. Oh how
1: about that? God, I was going to say Tyler Breeze, but no, it was Kip Sabian. Okay.
0: Where else do <laughs> you want me to go? The ratings are the same every week. The shows are the same every week. NXT has good wrestling. Dynamite's the better and more exciting show. Uh, what do you want me to say? It's like It's like I can replay the same show every week at this point. I got to dig for things.
1: What a sell. What a sell, by the way, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling.
0: $5 tier. Rich, I did like 18 minutes on Kip Sabian. I mean, I, you gotta, I mean you're got you a podcaster. You understand my struggle. Oh,
1: for sure, yeah.
0: Where am I going with this? I mean, they're just getting their ass kicked every week. I don't know to talk about. I got to pontificate Kip Sabian. I repeat myself enough that is. Could you imagine how many times I repeated myself talking about Kip Sabian for 18 <laughs> years?
1: Exactly. I don't know what else you say about him. He's a fucking dud. Uh, and oh, he got but it a- was a
0: hot take. It was a hot take. So I didn't call him a dud. I, I defended Kip Sabian.
1: Did you really? So I did. That is pretty hot because uh, he's kind of a dud. So that's
0: fine. <laughs> I told you it's hot. I'm looking for takes here. What do you want from me? I'm trying. What do you think? Did,
1: did you? Did you? Did you uh, I, I haven't listened yet, but a good hook for the people that maybe don't subscribe. Uh, did you talk yeah. about the negative sexual chemistry between him and Penelope Ford? I did not. Okay, I did not. Well, that's something for your next show then. Next time, because maybe pops stuff. up. So yeah. it's got. It's like very weird. It's like right in the Becky Seth range, where it's like, are these two really fucking? <laughs> like, because there's nothing yeah. here. Like,
0: are they really fucking? No, I, I think don't they are.
1: Know. I believe. I believe that is that is they the case. Really yeah, yeah, I believe so, but you All wouldn't right. know it. So. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to uh, New Beginning in Sapporo, Joe. Uh, two New Beginning shows uh, from Sapporo. Then we have the New Beginning in Osaka. We're going to preview that. That's coming up this weekend. But uh, quickly, though, we're going to cover the uh, New Beginning in Sapporo shows February 1st and February 2nd. Um, I don't think we're going to go match-by-match match here because I don't know if there's a ton to really dig into. We're kind of just doing an overall uh, take on these shows. So, Night 1 uh, was main evented by uh, Shingo and Hiroki Goto. That was for the Never Openweight title. Uh, Shingo defeating Goto to win the title. There was also Ishii versus Evil uh, as a singles match. and then Otherwise, a lot of just kind of tag matches thrown in there. And, and some interesting stuff in those undercards. But, Joe, let, let's try to kind of wrap it up in, in one little you know tightly knit package here as opposed to going over match-by-match uh, match here. But what do you think of, uh, of Night 1 and New Beginning in Sapporo?
0: Well, Shingo and Goto ruled.
1: Yes, go out watch that match. That match fucking ruled.
0: That match great. was awesome. It was, you know, exactly what you would picture in your head. Um, there's always the possibility that Goto lays, you know, his couple times a year egg, but not against Shingo. Shingo's too good. And their styles are too uh, – uh, they mesh too well to go out there and not have a great match. And they went out there and had a great match, and Shingo won the title. And coming out of it, I mean, Shingo's promos have been fantastic. He has built matches with four different people since he won the title. I mean, it's unbelievable. Toa Hanare, we worked with on the Korkin show uh, last night, and they worked together very well. Uh, Goto, he's still been talking about a rematch with Goto. Ishii, who defeated Evil in the semi-main event here. And then Sho in the post-match of this, after he beat Goto, yeah. Sho was doing commentary, which was no accident. And if you read our books, which are for sale on Amazon for four ninety nine right now, correct, Rich?
1: Uh, four nine or five nine? I don't remember the price point. It Whatever happened. they cost, but it's pretty good. Yeah, good value no matter what. So,
0: go buy the books from eighteen and nineteen. Go buy the last two years, and we're talking about they've been building this uh, Shingo show rivalry since the day Shingo walked in the company. So it was no accident the show was on commentary, and it's not blatant. They don't hit you over the head with it. It's just it's it hangs there. You know it's there, and um, and show stood up and they went eye to eye for a moment when Shingo was leaving the ring. And then Shingo, the last, uh, you know, he, he goes back there and he cuts promos on four different guys. And he's talking about elevating the never title. And, um, and he's like, anyone who wants a crack at this, come at me. Yeah. You know,
1: And there, there was a poignant thing in his, his post-match promo as well that I listened to that might even add another guy to that. He said, you know, it doesn't matter who has the IWGP, doesn't matter who has the Intercontinental, this is the only title that matters because I have it. Yeah, and I thought that I was like, "Ooh, okay, interesting." Like, you know, again, like, look at who's yeah. got those titles. You know, look who's yep. the champion. It, it, that's the guy in his unit. I was like, "Okay, that's a nice little nugget there to put in." Um, you know, I don't know when they're going to use that nugget, but there's a reason he said that, so I liked it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy is a great promo. We know he's a great wrestler. Um, and quite honestly, I don't think a lot of Dragon Gate fans—not all, but I don't think a lot of Dragon Gate fans appreciated this guy enough. He got a lot of hate from Dragon Gate fans. I never understood it. Now, there's a lot of Dragon Gate fans who loved him. Okay, but there was a lot of Dragon Gate fans who, who didn't like the guy, I guess, because he wasn't the same style as some of the others. Or, or maybe they got worked into a shoot because he was a heel a lot of the time. I think, honestly, that has a lot to do with it. I think wrestling fans get worked into a shoot more than they like to admit. Wrestling fans don't like to admit that they're getting worked. They never do, especially smart fans. You know, So they like to make it like, no, I hate the guy. It's not the wrestler. No, he's working you. You hate him because he's a dick. And it, 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 I think a lot of time, that's the case. And I think there was a lot of that with Shingo when he was in Dragon Gate as well. But um, he's come to New Japan, and he's just knocked it out of the park. And uh, this match was great. The promo was great. Rich, I mean, is there any doubt? I'm sure you haven't seen the Quirkins yet. But do you have any doubt he's going to have a great match with Toa Hanare? I mean... Oh, d-
1: d- no, no, no. I was going to say, that was going to be my hot take of of, of night two. But
0: take um, it away, then. Yeah, Before Toa Hanare.
1: You- oh, my God. He was in there with Yu and I was like, my God, this guy, like, I I, I think, you know, I, I put it in the, uh, I did the preview for for Osaka that's up at com as well. And I said, I don't know if, I don't know what his year is going to be. But this year is going to be a Tohanari year, like whatever. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how high it's going to go. I don't know what it's, going to, but we are going to know this guy in 2020. We're going to be mentioning this dude's name in 2020 because he is—he's got it. He's figuring it out. He's—he's he's got his body in, in in the right shape. He understands the character, and he's in the ring. There's bowling guys over left and right, and I cannot wait to see this dude in, in, in big time matches. I cannot wait for it because I think he is absolutely ready. He's been toiling himself, you know, in in, in the you know the young lion stuff and the undercards and all this sort of stuff, and then you see him in a match like this against Yota is a Straight up singles match, and he just jumps off the page. And you're like, This is a dude. This guy is going to be something this year. And again, I don't know how high it's going to go. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be made of any, you know, the next Wrestle Kingdom, but, but he is, we're going to, 2020 will be a year that defines Soho Nari for better or for worse. And, and the way I see it, it's going to be for the better for, uh, you know, from what I've seen from him so far this year. Cause he you don't have
0: to crazy. sell me. Uh, listen, you have to sell me on him. I've been, I thought they, you know, should have started pushing him last year, but you know that they take their time and they're very deliberate. It looks like this year is going to be the next step in Tola Hanari's progression. And I think Shingo is a perfect guy for him to work with because it's a great style match and he'll come up on the short end, um, whether it's a single match or it's a feud, but, um, it'll help, uh, raise his profile as he works a little higher on the card. And his promos have been good too. He's like, I'm tired of wrestling the young lions. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to step up and face better competition. But, um, Yeah, so, you know, um, Ishii won the semi-main event against Evil, and a lot of people seem to think that sets him up for a never title shot. Remember, the Intercontinental title is off the board for a while. So you're going to need these other titles to step up and be in drawing positions on these cards like the never title was here. So it's good that they're setting up all these challengers. I think Shingo is primed for a relatively long reign. I mean I don't think they're setting up all these challenges by accident and I think that's what he needs at this point of his elevation. So what do you think you think he holds this thing for a while? I don't see him losing it right now.
1: Yeah, I don't see him losing it. Like he's not going to be like a Goto dude who just like you know <laughs> has the title and then loses it, you know the the T and Goto stands for transition for him the last few years, but um yeah, I I don't see that. I don't see that at all for for Shingo. I think Shingo holds his title for for a long time and he just looks damn good with that title too. And and I think we're long overdue for that title getting some pretty big elevation and feeling like it's important again and, and Shingle's the perfect guy and I think given given what we've seen Shingo from when he's coming to the company, he started as a junior, obviously, and we said now he's kind of ascended a heavyweight, but he made it clear as well, and, and I think the thing with Show, and, 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 in, and some of the other stuff in the build to it, is he has sort of said, like, hey, look, this is an open openweight title. I'm fine with other guys sort of defending it, and I, I think that'd be the best thing of that title ever because the juniors have so many talented guys that can go for these titles and can move up a little bit and move up the ladder a little bit, but then there's a lot of guys sort of in the undercard that need stuff to do, so I think putting some emphasis on this title, making it important, making Shingo that, that, that final boss that everyone's trying to get through is a great way to kind of keep him out of the, the heavyweight title picture for a little while because he's going to be knocking down that door pretty soon. You know, you know, we're you're not gonna be able to deny Shingo very much any longer. Like he's gonna have to be in that scene at some point. But I think this is a good way to 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 give him this title and have keep him occupied, you know, for the rest of the year or whatever with this title. And then when you're ready to kind of move him on to whatever that next step is gonna be, it'll be a little bit easier. Because if he loses this title in, you know, three months or whatever, then he's just kind of floating around again. And I don't think you want Shingo Shingo's too good to be floating around. He needs to be in something important. And like I said, it's gonna be too hard to deny him like you know, main event slots after too long. So I think this is the perfect spot for him is being these never open way titles. And hell, we know this guy can make this like they can get back to that never open way title being a big time main event draw, with Shingo on top against big opponents, against big guys with, with, you know, great builds or whatever. This can be as an important of a title as any other in this company. And, and, and I'm here for it because it's been way too long. I think that this title's just sort of been an accessory or a transition for guys. And I would love to see Shingo just take this title and, and, and make it something again.
0: Um, we probably should have saw this coming, but actually we didn't get a chance to preview these shows anyway, so we should probably just lie and say that we were going to say that this was coming. But Moxley eating the pin in the tag match, it's it, kind of obvious, right? Okada's not going to eat a pin, and Taichi can't lose the day before he's facing Okada in a main event. Right. So Moxley had to lose, Right. That's totally what we would have said last week,
1: right, Rich? Oh, absolutely. We would have never said Minoru Suzuki could eat a loss to to build up the, the match with Moxley. No, it was clear that Moxley had to take that loss. So now we were absolutely right. We just didn't say it on the air. So
0: Yes, I thought that was notable and I thought really Now, now the Ishii Evil match. I didn't love that match. What did you think of that match because I I was very yeah. underwhelmed. Yeah, it I was, was kind of awesome. the
1: same. Yeah. No, I was kind of the same. It was like and I'm get, I get away with Evil. I I don't I just don't really love Evil matches. <laughs> 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 sometimes Evil matches do work. But a lot of he times he goes. He peaks high. Yeah, he peaks high. But but yeah, the the, yeah, the, baseline,
0: some
1: is, the baseline is low. It's just long plotting. It just didn't really kind of go anywhere. Uh, I, and I'm not going to blame Ishii for that because Ishii's fucking tremendous pro wrestler. So
0: oh, come on. If, if Ishii's in a disappointing match, how can you ever exactly. blame him? Exactly.
1: Right, right, right. So I, I got to put it on evil. But I think just ultimately just a, too long and, and, and no real point to the match either. Yeah, that, that it wasn't very good. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed when it was over. It
0: kind of slogged along. It was, it, You know what it was like? It was well worked, right? But it was like one of those well worked WWE pay-per-view matches that just don't do anything for you. Even though the wrestlers, uh, you, you know, technically were sound and it was a well worked match, but it just, you're just watching it and you just never get invested in it and you don't, it, it never hits another gear. And then it's uh, over after 18 minutes and you're like, okay, that was a match, you know. It wasn't bad. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was a star and a quarter, but these guys, for wh- who they are, they should have had a better match than this in my view. Um, Rich, to me, the second best match on the show was Robbie Eagles and Ryu Lee uh, against Bushi and Hiromu. I thought those guys uh, fucking kicked ass in that tag match. Um, I don't know if you skipped the undercards on these things, but uh, I thought that was the second best match on that first night in Sapporo.
1: Yeah, so- I'm really excited for Lee and, and, and Takahashi, obviously, <laughs> at Osaka, which you know, I, I kind of forgot was happening until I saw this match, and I saw them go at it and, and do just you know the things that you know Dragon Lee and and, and Takashi do, and I was just like, oh man, I cannot wait for Osaka. We'll talk about that when we preview uh, Osaka. But yeah, nice little nice little treat. But no, I I like that match a lot as well. I think that definitely was a uh, uh, w- was decent. I like this I like the, the Suzuki Gun and Moxie Okada match uh, as well. But uh, yeah, See, it, I didn't really
0: like that match. I I I um that that didn't do a ton for me either. And the, none of the tags did it, with the exception of that of uh, not the junior tag, but. Eagles and Lee versus uh, Bushi. Well, I guess it was a junior tag with all the juniors involved. But um, yeah, I don't know. I you know, to me it was the, it was a show where if that main event hadn't delivered, that would have been a very disappointing show.
1: Yeah, ultimately I think it kind of was. Yeah, I, I would still put it as pretty disappointing because yeah, after you know a few hours of watching that, you're, you're left with you know one match that was really good and one match that was solid, and, and the rest. You know, I, I like to tag a little bit better than you, but yeah, I'm not going to go here and say it was a great match either. So yeah, a little bit of a down night on night one, but I I, I thought night two was was solid as well. Like I, I think the run in general wasn't like if you lump these two shows together and there was just one new beginning in support, I think you got a pretty good show here. I think in in you know separately as two shows, I, I don't know. I I, I was kind of down on these shows overall. Like I, I loved Sex Saber Junior, Will Osprey, um, <sighs> Okada and Taiichi. I didn't really love all that much, and and there wasn't a whole lot else on night two that I really enjoyed. Uh, all that much, but what would what, you think of Night Two other, other than Hanari and Suji? But that's like you know an eight minute opener or whatever, so I don't really know how to really count that. No, you know, listen, in, the, in the match itself, but
0: Hanari and Suji might have been the third or fourth best match, right? Right, up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I, I love Saber and Osprey. I think that you know it took Will out of his comfort zone, and uh, the story of the match. I mean, it was whenever these guys wrestle, and they have wrestled a million times, they always seem to do a different kind of match, and I appreciate that. And this was Will finally getting caught in a wacky sub that he couldn't escape. And then I love the fact that he passed out and the referee stopped it. You know, it's like everybody wins. Sabre gets a clean win where he out wrestled and outsmarted Will Ospreay and Osprey wins because he showed heart and he passed out. I mean, it's perfect booking and the match was great. Um, Okada Taichi, God, did I hate this as far as the way it was laid out and booked. And again, very similar to Ishii Evil in that the work was fine. But there is no reason for Kazuchika Okada to be going 30 minutes with Taiichi in this situation where it's not even a title match. You are several steps above him. They've built you up as an all time legend in the company. This is Taiichi. No offense to Taiichi, he's a 40 year old mid carder Okay? Nice little main event match to kill some time. I get it. Okay? How is this not 18 minutes in and out? give this guy a bit of a heat segment and then clothesline this geek out of the fucking building and beat him in 16 minutes. Why did they work this like an epic world title match? If this would have been for the title, I can buy it. Because you can then say, oh, well, Taichi, it's the match of his life. This is his one opportunity. or He's not going to get many of these opportunities. You can buy into Taichi having the best performance of his career and pushing the all-time legend to his limit if it's for the title. In a situation like this, you can get away with Okada just asserting his dominance for once and destroying this guy. I hated the layout of this, even though the work was fine. What did you think?
1: No, I'm right with you. And and, and I've, I've long kind of complained about this with, with Okada. And I'm not one of these, you know, every Okada match, the first half doesn't matter and they're all the same. Because that's like the new like leg selling thing. That people just say, like, ah, the first half of the match didn't matter. You know, like, that sort of stuff. But, but what I will say, I don't want to get into one of those arguments right now. And, and, and we'll touch on that, I'm sure, <laughs> at some point down the line. But um, the thing with Okada matches is it just feels like everyone has to be 30 minutes. Has to be 25 minutes. Has to be this epic back and forth. And and I'm the entire time while this match is going on, I'm just thinking, man, fucking short-arm clothesline this geeking. Let's get out of here. Like, you know, whatever you want. And, and people are, you know, our mentions are saying, oh, well, it, it elevates Taichi. And it does this for... Th-. Who cares? Like, I'll
0: be honest, man. I don't really give a shit. Taiichi's going nowhere. He's 40 years old and he's a career mid-carter.
1: Right. Like you if know? there was something, if I could say definitively of you could say, well, Rich, the reason why is because Taiichi's gonna face exit. Why? Or like, okay, then maybe whatever. But like, no, he's he's a guy who when you when you prop him up and want him to win a never open way title, he can, or when you want him to fuck around and and, and and win a tag title or whatever, you can and do it or whatever. But no, this is not a guy that we need to be doing that. We don't need to be going 30 minutes with our all time legend. You know, back and forth. You know, you know, the blow for blow. Like, no, just fucking. You know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Short arm clothesline, rainmaker. This guy out of here. We're done. We go home. Like that. We. This idea that every single match needs to be twenty five minutes, needs to be thirty minutes. It just it it, it does a disservice to a match like this, and does a disservice to Okada. He doesn't need to be going this long with with, with Taiichi. And I just could not wait for this thing to end. I just had no investment in this match, and I was counting down the minutes, counting down the minutes, counting down the minutes, and it just never, ever, ever ended. The idea that. Like Saber and Osprey was twenty seven minutes, and this was thirty minutes. Saber and Osprey felt like it was ten minutes compared to this match. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it went these
0: by. Ma- yeah, these, these matches were the same length, but the semi main event felt half as long because it was such a great, well worked match that told a good story, and the main event was bloated and told a terrible story. Right, right. Taiichi is not in the same league as Okada and shouldn't be presented as such. A t- again, a title match, I can live with it. Because the story there is Taichi's giving it everything he's got. And I get it. It's 5,700 people and it's the main event. I'm not saying he should go in there and squash him. Give people 18 minutes and get out. Okay? Give Taichi some offense. But the story of this match should have been Okada is several levels above this guy and just proved it. Not Taichi can go toe-to-toe with him. How do I come out of this match feeling? Almost like, well, geez, Taichi's just as good as Okada. It shouldn't feel like that. The guy is, is – ne- you don't invest in Taichi. You're not doing anything ever with him. He's on the he's, – he turns 40 next month and he's a career mid Carter. Like Rich said, you do nice little things with him now and then he's fine. He got his elevation when they moved him up to heavyweight and put him into programs with Naito and put him into never programs. That's who he is now. He's had a nice little career. He's never ascending higher than this. So no, you don't invest – real estate or time or effort into a guy like this in this manner. You're not building him. You don't build a Taiichi. You use a Taiichi to show the guy who just lost his title last month still has it to where he can dominate a mid-card guy like this. That's the story.
1: Right, and that's the story that I would have absolutely told with this, and and, and it's something that New Japan, I, for all they th- all they do well, the, the thing I don't think they do, they, they don't use the time in their matches well enough and that's like everybody kind of fits into his template of 18 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes or whatever. I, and we remember like a few years ago, we talk about this match all the time. And I talk about how how much I loved it, too, where Hiromu got in there with Kushida and just beat his ass in a minute. Remember that? Yeah, And it was just like, oh my god, it, it breaks you from the, the because the, the, you're expecting, okay, here we go, let's get ready for a 20 minute back and forth or whatever. Hromo just goes out there and fucking throws this guy in his neck and pins him, and it's like, holy shit. And it, it made, I mean, it was a star from that point forward, and, and again, I'm not saying that Okada needs to go in there, bell rings, he hits the, you know, the Rainmaker on Taichi and pins him. But yeah, like you said, prove that Okada, yeah, he lost the title, but man, he still got it. This isn't broken Okada, this isn't broken little Kazu, we're not doing that story again, this guy still got it. And there he is, he just dispatched Taichi and he's ready to get back on track. That That's the story to tell, not that he's going 30 minutes back and forth with Taichi and finally puts him away. Like that, That's not the story. It shouldn't be the story. That's a bad story if that's the story you're trying to tell.
0: Completely agree. Okay, uh, Rich, let's take a short break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sapporo, and then we'll take a look at Osaka.
1: Let's do it. All right.
0: All right, so let's wrap up this second Sapporo show. I wanted to circle back to Zack Sabre Jr. and Willow Spray quickly and uh, a couple of points there. One point I wanted to make was... You know, it's – there seems to be far more synergy between New Japan and RevPro than there ever was between New Japan and Ring of Honor because when this match was announced for the for the British heavyweight title, a lot of people thought, oh, shit, there – this should have been the York Hall main event. New Japan is usurping the big RevPro match for, for – uh, for, for, uh, for so. your call but so say that's or listen you gotta <laughs> i don't i don't gotta, know yeah it's
1: so a dog at the end of the block going it. absolutely nuts so we're just gonna go through it that's fine
0: you gotta post through it so uh saber wins the match and successfully defends the title but then a couple nights later in cork and hall willow spray and zach saber jr are the last two men remaining in the elimination match willow spray pins Zack Sabre Jr. and then cuts a big time promo both in the ring and in the back, and it was a tremendous promo. And now he's set up to challenge as my dog. <laughs> go. Unbelievable! To, Unbelievable! As my and now he's set up. To, your the point here is your calls getting the match anyway. They're just getting the rematch as Willow Spray is getting another crack at Zack Sabre Jr. and the British Heavyweight Title. So New Japan didn't steal. Rev Pro's big match after all they actually turned it into a hotter match uh, you know, which, which is bizarre, but when you consider Willow Spray's promo, and I don't know if you watched it, when he was just going on he's going, seven years I've been in this company for seven years and I've never held this title and I need to win this title, it's just a tremendous promo, and, uh, and now we're all set up and we're getting the rematch and everybody wins and everybody's happy, that's the kind of synergy I don't think we ever saw between New Japan and Ring of Honor.
1: No, yeah, care for the booking and care for, you, you know, yeah, the, the, it sucks that they weren't able to kind of promote that show maybe a month or so ago, but that's kind of, we know that when you do, when, you, when you're when you playing with New Japan, you gotta be careful about that stuff. And I remember there was a, a tentpole moment, I don't remember exactly what it was or, or what the match was or what the details were, but I remember us talking about it, where ROH, like, announced something and it, maybe flew in the face of something that was going I, I forget the exact specifics but they announced like a title match even though that guy you know had still had to defend his title you know in, in another month or so or whatever and like we know that New Japan doesn't like to do that they like to somewhere to like uh, Gabe we we laugh all the time at Gabe and Evolve or whatever like you know if you know this man is to retain the title on night one then he will defend it on night two or whatever but New Japan's the same way too they never want to announce that Okada is going to defend the title or whatever or Naito's going to defend the title or whatever if they have a title defense coming up because it's like well we don't know he might lose here so we're not going to. announce that and I remember Ring of Honor just very quickly and very early on in the relationship just basically just didn't care about that and would just announce stuff wherever and we're seeing now that RevPro you know, to their credit, understands that that if you're going to be in a relationship with New Japan, that's an important part of it. So no, you're not allowed to sort of mention that this is the match that you're going to book or whatever until it happens here. But yet, like you said, the synergy is pretty nice because then they were able to build that up perfectly. They were able to say backstage in New Japan, hey, at Rev Pro, I'm going to do this, at your call, yada, 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 and build up the entire match that way. Whereas Ring of Honor, like you said, it, it was always just like a tour that they did, but never did you hear about it. I mean, maybe during Honor Rising when they were actually there, you heard about it, but very rarely were they doing promos backstage, promoting something that was going Happen in America, or promoting something that was going to happen in actual Ring of Honor. It was just never that way ever. So yeah, that that, that is a little cool uh, thing to get. And I know Rev Pro is kind of in, in that relationship. Rev Pro is certainly, uh, uh, you know, been kind of the lesser of the two. But it's cool to see them at least get a, get a win here, uh, and, and they get a big time match and a, and a very exciting match too. Given you know, because I, I saw some people complain that oh, it's a rematch so quickly after whatever. But I think that way that they worked that match that we saw at, at night two with Sapporo. Makes me even more interested in the match at Ref Pro because it's like, all right, look, okay, you know, Osprey was right there. He just got caught in a a submission and he had to tap out. Like he was able to get through everything else that Zack Sabre Jr. had at him, but he was able to, you know, he eventually, not even tapped out, passed out. So now we have a really, right now, right off the bat, he's okay. What is he going to do to change? What is he going to do to be different? What's he going to do to try to win this time? It'll be very interesting to see how they kind of navigate that and and, and work the match. So I'm excited for it, and I think it's really cool to see that synergy between Ref Pro uh, and New Japan.
0: People are nuts. It's a hotter match now. Absolutely. I mean, coming out of this, I mean, it's crazy to say with Sabre already beating him, but um, after Osprey's promo, and again, like you said, the way the match was worked, and Osprey coming back and, and, and getting the pin a couple nights later, I mean, uh, to me, it feels like a much hotter match. So it all worked out in the end, really, for all parties involved, and I think after that promo, I think Will almost has to win that now. I mean... um, the promo was so good that I, it's like, I feel like he has to win. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but, um, uh, th- that's how I am on it. And I'm really excited about it. But as far as the rest of the Sapporo show, I mean, I love that match. I went four and a half on that match. Um, the only two matches, the quote unquote notebook matches I'd have between these two shows are that and Goto Shingo. And, um, like I said, I did, I did not love Okada Taichi. I did not love, um, uh, Ishi versus Evil, and on this show, you know, I I thought Toa Hanare Yota Suji was an awesome opener, and I thought the six man match with Goto, Eagles and Ishi versus Bushi Evil and Shingo uh, may have been the second best match on the show. Again, you know, just a mid card tag match, but on both nights, uh, uh, sort of a similar match to the night before where it was uh, where it was uh, Bushi and Hiromu versus eagles and who was his partner i just talked about that match uh, uh really are you talking about yeah, yeah 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 um you know i you know both of those tags i thought uh really knocked it out of the park uh what i didn't love on the second night uh the the lij versus bullet club uh third from the top uh didn't do a ton for me uh nor did the eight man with show and yo moxley and taguchi versus suzuki gun but oh, i yeah, really love yeah, that goto no. Eagles each versus lij match and i thought el Fantasmo versus gabriel Kidd for its spot on the card was a really fun match i thought Fant- Fantasmo brings something to new japan that uh nobody else right now uh really does so he his style sticks out and it's uh and and he's unique and when he needs to turn it up and go like you know we saw in the super juniors he could do that too but he does that heel work and the crowd eats it up so um those are your two Sapporo shows. I know the first one was a little down from last year, a uh, couple hundred. I don't know about night 2 where they did 5690. Here's the thing with New Japan though, and they did three straight nights in Cork and the first one did like 1100 and then I think the third one did 14 or 1500. Um, but the thing is they ran two domes this year. They, you know, before the year even starts, they have a 30,000 000- and buffer in terms of year-to-year attendance over one or the other, so you could be a little down here, a little down there. They're going to be up again for the year. I mean, when it's all said and done, you know, assuming that moving G one to the fall doesn't cost them, and I don't think it will. I think people are going to show up for the G one, whether it's in the summer or the fall. I don't think that is going to make uh, that much of a difference. But um, you know, they've got they're up thirty thousand fans by the fourth of January, right? So you know, by the fifth of January. Uh, but, uh, you know, and being a couple hundred fans down, I mean, it was a never title defense. I mean, and you're running the next night. So it's not like, uh, you know, I'd consider that some kind of massive failing. And then they ended up doing 5,700 the next night anyway. And we talk about this all the time. This is why you split these shows because you do over 4,000 one night. And you do 5,700 the next night instead of just running once and doing 5,700 once. You know, it's just it's a no brainer, especially when you're going all the way out. To fucking Hokkaido, fucking Sapporo, uh, at the fucking you know uh, fucking ends of the fucking you know that's far north in the country. You know you don't go out there too often. Although they did announce to these shows that they're going to be touring out there later this year, so they're going to be hitting that area of the country even more this year, which the crowd uh, responded to uh, favorably. So that was the two shows in Sapporo. And um, do you have any other thoughts, or do you want to preview the big? Osaka show.
1: Yeah, no, let's let, let's go to Osaka. I was just gonna, you know, real quickly point out that it's Saber and Osprey. I mean, that's a match we we kind of glossed over pretty quickly. We didn't talk about it too much, but definitely go out of your way to check that match out. I thought it was, was great, tremendous, tremendous work. And and the story is if you're a uh, Will Osprey just does flips and Will Osprey just does this like it's obvious that you don't watch these matches because this is like you know he's not doing any of that shit in this and he doesn't do that in in, in a lot of his matches. But people just you know watch gifts and, and do all that sort of stuff. But the match the, the match sequence was exact when people say hey you know oh you don't like grappling or you don't like like Wrestling, wrestling, and it's like I look at matches like this, and I'm like, I do, I just, I just like it when it's interesting and entertaining, and that's what this is. Yeah. Zack Saber Junior. just tries like hell for 27 minutes to get Will Ospreay to tap out to one of his moves. Will finds creative and new ways to get out of it, break free of it, move out of the hold. Zach Saber gets him in a hold and realizes, nah, it's not going to be it. I'll let me move on to this hold. Now nah, that's not going to work either. Okay, let me try this. Fuck, we'll got to the ropes. Ah, you know, will flipped out of it. We'll like that's what it. But for 27 minutes, they just, I was captivated by what's the move going to be and when's it going to happen. And I loved the finish, seemingly kind of came out of nowhere, too, where Zach just caught him and then locked him in, and you can kind of see, oh, this is going to be tough. How's Will going to get out of this? And then Zach you know, rears back, gets a choke in, and and he he passes out, and he loses. And it's like, all right, perfect. That's that's a great pro wrestling match. It's tremendous, tremendous stuff. So, no, I do like grappling. I just like it when it's interesting and fun and engaging, and the crowd cares. When
0: it's interesting and it tells an actual story. You know, not when it's two guys getting off on replicating what they do in a BJJ gym. And there, it's just catches catch, catch cannon there's no real uh, and, and listen you know I've reviewed uh, uh, grappling style matches behind the paywall that I've liked and I've reviewed some that I didn't like and it just all comes down no matter what style it just has to be interesting and um, you know and this one was and he eventually caught will he took will out of his game and he had all the answers and he eventually caught him in no man's land in a in a, in a hole he couldn't escape and will passed out. You know, too proud to tap, and he passed out. It's a classic pro wrestling story, and great work and a great match. Um, you know, I thought it was right there with the the Shingo goto match. They were both, uh, you know, equally great, and uh, by far, I thought the two best things on either of those shows. So, uh, let's move on to the Osaka show coming up on.
1: It's the 9th. Is- it is the 9th. So that is going to be, I believe, that's what Sunday morning for us. Sunday morning, yes. So it should be. So this. Wake up early and watch, which I plan on doing because this looks fucking incredible.
0: So this is late Saturday, early Sunday.
1: Correct. Yeah. However you want. That means it it's an
0: sense. early start. That means an early start in Japan, which means a reasonable time even to watch live. Mm-hmm. So it's probably one of those ones that's 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. East. That's usually what the Sunday shows are.
1: Let's find out. We can actually do that. (laughs) Let me go to New Japan World and see. They do a pretty good job now in New Japan World of actually telling you when these shows are going to appear for your time zone. But uh, let us see here. New Beginning of Osaka, 1600 Japan time, which I guess that doesn't help me much at all. I forget what it is. It's earlier. Usually they're 1830 uh, Japan time.
0: Hold on. I've got the extension that will tell me. Hold on. Let me pull. (laughs) I think
1: it's 1 a.m. I'm almost positive it's 1 a.m. Our time, central time.
0: 1am central yes hold on i got the extension yeah we'll, we'll settle this once and for all <laughs> let's,
1: please, let us... um,
0: let's plug that guy what's his name he's got a patreon and everything it's a tremendous extension oh the, it, the uh, new
1: japan next uh extension yeah let me, let me yeah let me
0: the... it co- what it does is it converts all of the times for you so okay i just pulled it up and you were correct it is 2 a.m eastern 1 a.m central 11 p.m pacific which is very convenient to watch live for, you know, about half of the country. And not terrible if you're on the East Coast either. You know, you can at least get half of it before you get tired. Um, but that extension converts all the times for you. It has a spoiler deal. Yeah, high where
1: spoilers.
0: Yeah, where, you know, like if you wake up the next morning, it's not going to show a picture of some guy holding up his new title. It blurs it all out so you don't get spoiled. It converts all the times, even on the live event calendars. Um, there's a lot of cool things it does. You, you can, uh, you know, sync up. You can sync up your feed with your friend's feed if you're watching stuff that's on demand, so you can watch at the same time. Um, a lot of cool things. The guy does a real nice job with it. It doesn't have any bugs that I've run into. It's it 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 converts it to English without having to click anything. Um, so yeah, just a tremendous extension for New Japan World. Uh, that guy does a nice job, and I think he has a Patreon too. If you want to throw him a couple bucks,
1: I do. It's uh, NJPWEXT is is where you can find it. New Japan EXT uh, is where you can find it. You can just yeah. you can look on the Google Chrome Store uh, if you want, or uh, I also you can just look. I believe it's NJPWEXT.com dot uh, as well. And yeah, it's an incredible, incredible uh, feature. Then yeah, I have it. Uh, I have it disabled because I have like everything disabled when I do the show, just to try to like you know keep oh, yeah. the internet down as much as possible and try not to do as much. But uh, yeah, it, it, invaluable. And the biggest thing it does is it leaves off. You know, if you watch a show it picks up where you left off, which is like, you know, every oh. other service does it but New Japan never does it you have to fucking try to scroll to whatever you think and it's always a finish it's always a, it, you scroll and it never ever is exact where you want it you say okay I'm trying to get to Will and Zach let me see I don't know about three hours in alright let me see and it's every time I stop and it's Will like you know passing out in the bell ring and I'm like motherfucker god damn it like yeah. how is that possible yeah. how did I do that like you know you never can get back to where you were before like I stopped watching the match you know 10 minutes in and I think I think it was 310 or 315 you scroll, it goes to three twenty five. You're like, all right, we'll see where that's at. Boom, it's the finish. All right, Kata's oh, hitting a rainmaker. One, two, three. God damn it! Like, it's never right. But uh, that NGPWXT, it does pick up right where you left off too. So it's a uh, very, very convenient there. So why don't they hire this guy? I don't know, man. They should. I think they know about it too, because I think they've blocked it in, 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 in certain times too. And it's like instead of blocking, you just fucking hire the dude. And just take hire all the guy. stuff that he's done and, and and put it on the damn service. So
0: he makes your site so much better. I mean, it just fixes everything that everyone always complained about, you know, and it would probably increase your revenue because Rich, you know how people are babies about the translations and oh, stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. Nah, it's not in English. I can't figure it out. I mean, this fixes all of that. I mean, those people are babies, make no, no doubt about it. I mean, it's just not a big deal. I mean, you could figure this thing out even if it's not in English. I mean, you have to be an idiot not to be able to figure it out. But I mean, it would totally eliminate that, you know, and, and you know, if they just hired a fucking guy, you can see the great work he does. Anyway. Um, yeah, let's get let's, let's get talk to this
1: Osaka it. show. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, VoiceWrestling dot com. Uh, myself and John Carroll. Uh, we did previews up at uh, voicesofwrestling.com If you want to read that, but uh, yeah, this is a loaded, loaded Osaka show. This is why this is one you're going to want to wake up early, get up, whatever you want to do, but be ready for the show, man, because there is some good stuff on this. I uh, will start with the main event here: Naito versus Kenta. This is for, of course, the heavyweight title, Intercontinental Championship. Joe Kent is doing it, right? He's winning this title. He's shocking the world. New beginning is where they shocked the world in new Japan. Okada gets his win out of nowhere and Kenta's going to do it here, right?
0: Fuck man. If this wasn't for the double belts, I would... <laughs> Right? Because he's listen, I mean, the match is hot and a big reason the match is hot is Kenta. I mean, the attack was an incredible angle. We've talked about that already. The attack at, at the Tokyo dome. Um, and his promos have just been. Where, where did this guy learn the promo? I don't think this guy spoke two words in, in, in ten years of Noah. And, and then he goes to WWE and he's a shaky promo at best, to be kind. Okay, and now he comes here. All of a sudden, he's like contender for best promo of the year. I mean, this guy's awesome. You know, he's he gets the good heat. Um, you know, he's a fucking troll. He's just he's phenomenal, and this feels like a red hot match. They're going to sell out Osaka, Joe Hall, or come very close. You know, It's either going to be a virtual sellout or an actual you-cannot-get-a-ticket sellout. And it's on the strength of this match and largely on the work that Kenta has done building this match. I mean they have taken this guy that WWE couldn't figure out anything to do with and they've turned him in uh, – turned him into – returned him to being a money-drawing star that's going to sell out osaka Joe Hall. It, it's, it's just – it's incredible. It's another indictment. Of WWE creative that they couldn't find something to figure out. Look, I'm not saying Kenta should have been main eventing WrestleMania, okay? But the idea that they couldn't get anything out of this guy, other than burying him on 205 Live, is such an indictment. When he shows up in New Japan, and they clearly had this long-term plan laid out, bring him in as a babyface, and, you know, do the big turn on Shibata, and the Shibata angle obviously was the key, and then, you know, have him uh, you know, uh, you know, attack Naito before Naito can give his speech, and they can do the fists in the dome. And all of a sudden, this guy is a top guy in the company, and drawing huge money, and headlining a show like this. When when he was coming to New Japan, Rich, all of our questions were, oh my god, you know, it's a big question. Can he still hang? Can he still wrestle? Can right? He still- like he was he was
1: held together by tape. And I, I admit, I was the same way too. I was like, I don't know if this guy can do it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. There were
0: lots of questions, yeah, and they were yeah. fair questions. And and you turn around a few months later. Okay, because he debuted at the G1 in July in Dallas, I believe was his first match, and um, you know against Ibushi, and you know six months later or whatever it is, six, seven, eight months later, they have themselves another legitimate main eventer, and it's just from circling back to our original conversation on this show, great creative in getting a guy whose career was totally thrown off by going to a place where they had no clue what to do with him, his career trajectory ruined. Questions from everyone whether ah he's not going to be able to hang in New Japan now he's one of their top stars and he's drawing big money and now who knows what the guy you know I mean this could just be the start of something which is why I say he's losing this match if this wasn't for the double title I'd at least have like twenty five percent doubt just based on how great he's been but. I can't see them putting both titles on
1: them. No, that's that's a bridge too far. Yeah, this is an it's event crazy. where they shock the world, but I don't think they're going to shock the world.
0: take a little more rope on this on this turn.
1: <laughs> that'd be pretty it, bad. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad if Naito just. But but in I kind of want it, It's like weird though. It's like one of these things. Like I I, I want Naito to win, but man, part of me is going to be kind of pulling for the Kenta to do the upset because like it wouldn't be totally out of the realm possibility. It's so like, but it is like it. You know what I mean? Like it is, but it. Is oh, – I just it, – it, man, oh, it's, I mean, good, it's a good problem it, to have. Good problem to have that you have two dynamos problem, here yeah. in the main event. And there's an obvious – it's obvious that people believe that in Japan too because, yeah, like you said, there's barely any tickets left for yep. the show. So,
0: And it's like – it's almost a shame that Kenta has to lose because he's so hot. Right. It's one of those situations where, ah man, you know, because that will be two big losses too. He just lost to Goto. Now, the Goto loss – that gets wiped away the minute he attacks Naito the next night. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Like, you know what I mean? That's one of those things, but then, you know, he'll, he'll lose here and it, it, it sucks. It's, sucks. I mean, I'll be rooting for him. I mean, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. I mean, everybody knows that full disclosure. So I'll be rooting for him. I know he's losing, but you know, I'll get wrapped up in it. I'll suspend my disbelief and I'll be popping for, you know, he'll get him up for that. Go to sleep. And I'll be fucking up on the A. I'll be fucking standing and pacing in the den. Um, but yeah, yeah, this match feels red hot, and uh, it should be very good. And then uh, the semi-main event with uh, Moxley and Minoru Suzuki—that's another match that, on paper, should be very good. Uh, you know, it should—it would peak at match at a year level. I don't know if they're going to get there moxley losing the fall on the first night in sapporo i mean i think he'll retain here what what's your feel there do you think so, he retains?
1: <laughs> here's the interesting uh, interesting thing about this match is you know so the u.s it's for the IWGP u.s title of course but yeah. the, the, the fascinating thing about this title and about this match is that Minoru suzuki has more of a chance of winning this title and defending it in america than moxley does you know what Excellent. i mean it's so weird like what are we doing with this title it's so strange and that's where like I think Moxley should win but like you know probably yeah. if Minoru's sticking around and you know that he's willing to take these trips to America like what better way to to draw in America than Minoru Suzuki as your US champion defending in main events or whatnot. I mean, he is yeah. still one of those. He is one of those guys we talked about it a few weeks back, and, and and you know, in terms of what works for for American fan bases, and people want like singles matches, people want important matches, people also want those protected guys. And Minor Suzuki yeah. is a guy that I believe any if you put Minor Suzuki in a singles match against fucking anybody in the main event of a New Beginning and wherever or a USA show and wherever, it's going to draw because it's Minor fucking Suzuki, and people want to see that guy. So if he is sticking around and he's sticking staying in the company, you know it he's not the worst pick for the U S champion. If he, if he's willing to do the trip and go to America and do that, not a bad pick. Like I'm still picking Moxie cause I think that probably works a little bit better, but I can convince myself of Minoru Suzuki as well.
0: Yeah. Well, it looks like you stand cause it, the, the money fixed that. Um, but I don't even, I don't even know if we should even say stuff like that anymore because people don't deserve it. Our good listeners deserve it, but then people ruin it. Um, Oh, like last week
1: when we we reported that uh, NXT got $0, uh, or WWE got $0 for NXT, even though literally the opposite of what we said, but that's fine. You know, it's cool.
0: Reddit's a fucking cesspool. Um, And they've got a hard-on for us, so it's like now every little thing becomes a Reddit threat, which in a way is flattering, right? Because that means that we're on people's radars. Sure. The The problem with this show is we're too big to be small, and we're too small to be big. So now we're in that weird area where we can't make passing comments. We can't just pass along rumors we've heard. We can't just be flippant and just shoot the shit and be casual because everything that comes out of our mouths is treated like a scoop, right? Because we're too big to be small. But on the flip side, we're too small to be big. Because I don't know about you, but I haven't paid off my mortgage from the show yet. and you know, <laughs> Not quite.
1: No, not quite. So.
0: And Rich is still slapping the alarm clock. I mean, he, it was a, that was a bit last week. He didn't get fired. So it's like uh, we're kind of in that weird in between where it's like it, – you know, I don't know other way, uh, other way to phrase it. Too big to be small too small to be big. But we've kind of lost the ability to just say, hey, here's this thing we heard. Might be true, might not be true. Because it, once it comes out of our mouths, it's an official report. you know what I mean? Even though I think we do a great job making a distinction. I mean how many times have I come on this show and said, Rich, this is not a scoop. Please don't run the Reddit with this. But here's something we heard. And then they, they run there anyway and make a thread that says Voices of Wrestling is reporting a B and C, it's right. bullshit. And
1: then nobody reads, and everybody just goes off the the you know the headline, and yeah, so it's terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then and then all the commenters just say a bunch of ignorant, dumb shit uh, that isn't even close to true. I mean, Reddit was picking on the everything elite guys, um, you know, last week on there, and it's a it's obviously a podcast on our network, and half the commenters thought it was us doing that show. Oh well, typical of Joe and Rich. <laughs> we don't. That's not even our show. Like, that just shows how lost they are and how stupid they are. They don't even know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? It's, it's totally different hosts, you know, that do a totally different show. But it's just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But um, anyway, so we've got Hiromu defending against Ryu Lee. We talked about this a little bit. Rich, I mean, these are – this is one of the best rivalries in the history is, uh, of professional wrestling. And um, that's an absolute fact. So when you have one of the best rivalries in the history of professional wrestling – third from the top on the show. It's a big-time show. So uh, this is one of those shows with a very high bar to clear. These guys have had multiple Match of the Year contenders against each other, uh, probably a half a dozen or so that would qualify as legitimate Match of the Year contenders and a bunch of other great matches too. I think the worst... Ma- I've seen every singles match they've had. I'm pretty sure I've seen every one of them. The worst one I saw was the Ring of Honor match that was like three and three quarters. Like, these, the, the floor for these guys <laughs> right, is... Right, yeah. <laughs> You know, so, you know, I expect this to be great. I do not expect a title change, but it would not stun me because I, they, they, Ryu Lee is a contracted guy now. And can't you see these guys having three or four matches against each other to take us through the early part of the year?
1: Absolutely. So, so in my, in my preview, people caught it and I didn't hear a lot about this. So maybe people didn't either check it out or or didn't, but, but I chose Ryu Lee to to, to win this match because I'm thinking, okay, the better story to be told is that Lee wins the title from Hiromu. And Roman's got to get it back from him, and I thought the perfect way to tell this story is Lee hits that Phoenix Plex, and everybody expects Romo to kick out, but he doesn't. It's like you know he proves there's a few different scenarios or a few different ways this match can go. Is they run out of the gates. They hit the Phoenix Plex. Romo pops up and he's ready to go. And it's like that's ah, not going to hurt me. That's not going to affect me. I'm going to get through it. That's fine. You can do that right off the bat, and then have the match kind of progress from there. I don't think they're going to do that scenario because it's a, it's a protected move. It's a, it's a, it's you know, It's one of his big moves. So it's going to. They're obviously going to wait to do that. The other scenario is really hits it at the end of the match. One, two, Harumu kicks out, and then Harumu beats him after kicking out of the Phoenix Plex. Good. It tells the story that the Phoenix Plex, which did previously break Harumu's neck, now he's ready. He, he's he's better. He's healthier. He's 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 ready to fo- go. He's refocused. All that sort of stuff. But I honestly think the better scenario is Rayu Lee hits that Phoenix Plex. We all kind of assume Haruma going to kick out, but then the three happens, and, and it's like, all right, no, he's not there yet. You know, Harumu's back from injury, but he's not there yet. He hasn't figured out the Phoenix Plex. He hasn't figured out Rayu Lee yet. Because that gets you more matches. That gets you another match down the line. It gets you another match down the line. If Hiromu goes hard and just beats Rayuli, Lee, kicks out of the Phoenix Plex, and, and, and proves, okay, I'm better than you, then what's next for Rayuli? Lee? And we know Rayuli's Lee's a big deal in that company. Liger loves this dude, right? Liger was more than happy to to, to fall back into the shadows to allow Rayuli Lee to to, to, to to emerge. You know, and and to, I, he was contracted talent. He's here for the long haul. They changed his name. They did all sorts sort of stuff. I can't believe that they're just going to, right out of the gates, have him lose here to Romu. Maybe it's a, a really good back-and-forth match, a bunch of kickouts happen, and Romo just barely escapes. But part of me thinks this is a great scenario for Ray Lee to get this win and, and build this feud for the rest of the year. So I made that prediction. And it's one of those ones that no one's going to know if I was wrong. But God damn it, if I'm right next week, Joe, you wait, I cannot wait to tell you how right I was if that happens. So.
0: I love it. I'm listening to you, and I love it. And really, we should be laying all this stuff out because we're we're pretty brilliant when it comes to this, let's be honest. But I love it. I love what I'm hearing. Uh, I would go a step further. You know, um, if this were a territory, the finish of this match would be Ryu Lee hitting that – what does he call it? The, uh, the what, Phoenix what is Plex. It? The Phoenix Plex. He would hit the Phoenix Plex, and Hiroma would sell it like he was paralyzed. That's what they would do in a territory. You can't do that anymore because people are too touchy about things like that. You know what I mean? Like – could you imagine a reaction if that was the finish?
1: Oh my god. I, I mean, I'd love it because it's pro wrestling. But That'd
0: yeah. be a great it, Provided it, it was just a work, that's a brilliant finish. And the crowd is just in stunned silence, and no one knows what to think. You put the gimmick on his neck and you carry him out, and Ryu Lee's the new champ and he crippled him again. That would be the finish in every territory historically. That's what they would do here. But you could do what you just said, and that's what I would do. Because, you know you ignore the dopes and you just do what's best. And I think that's a great finish, but I love your idea. Just hit it and pin him with it and tell the story of this move is this man's kryptonite. Right. And he has to learn to overcome this move. I love it. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't, just, I don't like the idea of money as you're talking about. Yeah, it.
1: exactly. Cause like, you know, he just beats it, you know, he hits it and he, he kicks out or whatever. It tells a great story that Haromu has achieved, you know, he, he no longer has to worry about this move and this guy anymore, but like, I don't want that story, man. I want these guys fighting for the rest of the year. I want this to be the main feud, and it's not like Dragon Lee is in here for a one-off. If Dragon Lee was not signed, if, if Dragon Lee was still Dragon Lee, <laughs> not Lee, you Lee, know, then I would say, yeah, that's probably the scenario that they're going to do here. But man, this guy's in for the long haul. So why not? You know, Why not give him this title and build this up for the entire year and let this be the feud that kind of weaves this entire junior heavyweight division for the entire year? So... I, I, yeah. I, you know, I hope. I like. i as I was kind of typing it out. I was like, oh, I like this." I like. I initially did it as kind of like a hot take. Here's the third scenario that could possibly happen. And when I was done with it, I was like, "No, that's a scenario that needs to happen. It should happen. That's a great scenario." So
0: that's funny. He he needs to hit that Phoenix Plex, and Hiromu just needs to get folded up like an accordion and lay there in a heap and not move, and just ring the have the ref. Yeah, look you want concerned. the ref
1: stoppage. Yeah, you want the ref to jump in there and go, "Oh no, and oh god, yeah."
0: And those those little hints you can give that give you the wink that it's a work. And and you can still – in other words, you have people run in and move the body and put the neck brace on them. At that point, you know it's a work. They wouldn't do that in a real scenario.
1: See, people are going to say see? we're callous, but you're not real pro wrestling fans because pro wrestling is a callous industry. You know what I mean?
0: It, it's, it's, it's like you put them on the stretcher and you put the neck brace on them and that's telling everyone, okay – we can let a sigh of relief. We know it's a work, but you would still have the hushed crowd. There'd still be people who aren't like you know, your casuals would still be buying into the angle, and that's what you want. You know, whereas you're still winking at the rest of everybody and you're giving those little clues that he's not cuz I, you know, there is a limit to fucking with people's emotions. There is a limit. But I think if you if you do it the right way, it, the the savvy Viewer is going to understand that it's a work, you know, but I think that's brilliant. I think it'd be a money finish, whether they do the injury finish or whether they just do the pinfall and have it be this movie can't overcome. Yeah, which unfortunately might be the way you have to do it now. I mean, if it were 1982. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have any doubts that I mean we've seen they float
1: court. it to the papers too. The local papers would be That's reporting right. that this guy yeah. you know, was yeah. paralyzed or whatever. There'd be flowers sent in. There'd be crying girls everywhere. Be, yeah.
0: yeah, these guys. The good old days, days. The good old wrestling guy. days. Yeah,
1: yeah but I mean, when they sold fucking when they made money. God damn it. When wrestling made money, you know, not to turn it into Jim Cornette, but god damn it, those are good days. But yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, by the way, we've got just a straight up singles match: Sonata versus Jay White. I mean, we get Tomohiro Hiroichi versus Evil. We get Sonata versus Jay White. What are they doing? They're just throwing a I'm single... I'm saying,
1: man this, man. this show rules. Nothing on the show is bad. There's one match that's like, eh, whatever. But the rest of it is fucking great.
0: Sonata versus Jay White is like, this is Gato trolling Western Twitter haters. Because these are the two guys that a lot of Western fans cannot stand in Sonata and Jay White. Rich, how many disingenuous gifts are going to be created? Oh, my God. Yeah. This is
1: Gator wanting match. you and I to delete Twitter for that night.
0: This could be like, seriously, this could be a four and three quarter star classic, but there are going to be people determined to make you think that this was the worst match to ever take place in a ring based on several four second gifts. Uh, so prepare for that. But in all seriousness, it might be a bad match because Sonata is a guy that doesn't always land with me. Jay White uh, obviously is a very shtick-heavy wrestler by New Japan standards. And if uh, Sonata's having an off night and uh, he just doesn't mesh well with with Jay White's shtick, I could see this not being good. I could also see this being pretty great. So I don't know what to make of this match. What do you think of it? I'm kind
1: of the same way as well. These are two guys that are are not only the most polarizing, like you mentioned, but also, in my personal taste, guys that either hit big – or or really don't deliver at all for for me like that that's that's where it is like when jay white is good. He's incre he's, he's like nothing else. But when he's bad, it's like fuck. Get this match over with. I don't want this match anymore. I'm ready to go. Like the the Kota Bushi one that you know after Night Two of Wrestle Kingdom. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Just get out of the ring. I'm over it. I don't want to see this anymore. But then he's also had incredible ones that I really really love. And and Sonata's the same way as well. There's sometimes a Sonata match is is you know a 30 minutes you know wrestling clinic, and I fucking love it. And other times it's 30 minutes, and I just I'm, I'm ripping my eyes out. I cannot wait for it to end. The good thing about this is that it's one of four singles matches. It's fourth from the top. It it it. it Doesn't seem like it's gonna maybe get too long, and like maybe that's the thing that'll be a benefit. If it's only 15 minutes, if it's only you know uh, less than 20 minutes or whatever, it has less of a chance to get really long and really annoying and really boring. And a lot of you know Jay White and Gato interference, a lot of Sonata just kind of grappling with no real direction or whatnot. Like it can go in that way, and I hope it doesn't, but like I have no read on it, Joe. This could be uh, like you said, four and three quarters, and it's fucking rocks, or it could be like two stars, and I just want it to get away and, and, and end as quickly as possible with like nothing in between. It's either gonna be great or it's going to be bad and and, and like it, it's just that's how these two guys are that's how I my personal take is on these guys we'll see how uh we'll see how, how it goes but I'm encouraged by it now if it was the main event I would be almost certain that I would dislike it but the fact that it's fourth in the top and 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 both these guys I think are better when you kind of condense their stuff into, into smaller packages like Sonata I think excels in G1 matches because it, it allows him to get a little shorter and Jay White as well because it doesn't allow too much of the Gato interference and too much of that stuff if it's just like you know a 15 or so minute match so let's let's hope fingers crossed on that but but we'll see where it ends up but yeah it's a it, polarizing match for sure uh, for me as well so
0: okada and willow spray versus taiichi and Zack sabre jr now that okada has defeated taiichi he's certainly dropping his fall right i mean
1: oh taiichi yeah oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah so um to either okada or will i mean to me okada just gives him a rainmaker and fucking beats him like he should have a couple nights ago but um i could see getting will a pinfall here to douse more kerosene on the fire and build them up for that title match with Sabre. I don't see Will or Sabre pinning each other because they've got the one pin on each other or the one fall on each other. I don't think you want to, um, I guess, I don't know. I would stay away from that. I would just have Taiichi eat the fall there. So we've got an eight man tag. as Finn Juice returns to Japan uh, title list with uh, teaming with Tanahashi and Kota Bushi. Ibushi presumably will be back. They haven't pulled him from the card. and There was a video going around of him doing spots in the ring, so I think he's fine. And uh, it'll be Chase Owens, uh, the new tag team champions, Gorillas of Destiny. Oh, God. And Yujiro. Did you see the title change? I
1: didn't. I'm not watching that.
0: Don't. It's a waste of time. (laughs) I'm sure
1: it is. Of course Um, it is. It's God, man. They fucking stink. uh,
0: Listen, I do these things so you don't have to. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. There was a ref bump and... (sighs) really all i need to say right i mean it was it was egregiously long um it's like a dark building like it's just it's you're not gonna like it um they put up matches from they put up a match that from the night before which ended with a dq and then they did the wwe thing where like rocky and Tanahashi come down and it turns into an eight-man tag off of the DQ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, let me see if I could pull it up. It was Finjuice. let me see if I remember what night it was. But this is on the uh, New Japan World 2 and it is fucking awful. Let me see. It was the 30th in Miami. Okay. So what we had was the match on New Japan World is Finn Juice versus Chase Owens and Yujiro. Okay? Mm. It ends in a DQ. (laughs) Sounds terrible. When Gorilla's of Destiny run down. So Tanahashi and Rocky Romero run in to run them off. And then they did the old WWE thing where they're like, we'll face all four of you right Uh. now. (sighs) So then the DQ turned into an eight-man tag. And then the faces win and send all 28 fans that were in Miami home happy. Rich, it's so bad. It is so bad. And I can't believe they put that trash up on New Japan World, uh, being that it was so awful. But uh, I have no idea if we're going to get the rest of these matches. Both of the matches up have commentary. And it's like when you watch them, you can tell that they've called the entire night. Do you understand what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can tell they didn't – it's not in a booth, and they just sat down and said, all right, we're here. It's Kevin Kelly and da da da, da doing commentary here for – like, yeah, it's like it, it, it just fits into the next match. It, it just sounds like – an No, authentic. It, it's
0: the Doobie Gillis guy. What's his name? Gillis. Oh, Mav- yeah,
1: Mavs, Mavs Gillis, yeah.
0: Fuck Doobie Gillis. Nice reference, Joe. <laughs> no Gillis. one understands that. I don't 19- even understand that. That's a 1960 sitcom starring Bob Denver of of Gilligan's Island fame. Uh, in his role before Gilligan. Huh. Okay. All right. Doobie Gillis. The only people who understand that reference are Mikey Falcone and RJ City. <laughs> Nobody else on earth understands that reference.
1: You know that's what I mean? alive like, anymore. That are alive anymore. Yeah.
0: Right. Like I should do a podcast with RJ City and Mikey Falcone talking about Doobie Gillis and Dan Housen runs in, in the middle of the podcast. Like that's the only people who understand. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, so it's Mavs Gillis and Colt Cabana.
1: Oh, okay. Um, all right, all right.
0: And you can tell because they're not like welcome fans to this special presentation. That's what I'm of- saying.
1: Yeah, Why they'll do, do like the you- fade in yeah. and and say, "Hey, we're here, here in Dallas, or we're here in uh, you know Orlando with the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah." You can tell when it's the opener of of a freshly new minted you know show. So yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying.
0: Yeah, you can tell they called the whole thing. So. I don't know. Cause I want, I want to see some of these matches. Cause they look interesting. Some of the singles matches. But, um, the two they put up were fucking straight trash. Um, so what was I, what match were we talking about?
1: Uh, I believe we're, we're on, yeah. Tag. We're on the, the Okada Osprey and, and Taiichi's X Jr. just pinned him and, and went, oh, no, no. We moved on to that one. You were talking about, uh, eight eight God. Yeah. You were talking about the, the eight man tag with God, which, yeah.
0: So Kota Ibushi's back. I mean, that's the intrigue there. And then we have, um, junior tag title match Despy and Kanemaru. Those are my boys. I hope they win. I mean, I know we came on here and said Rapongi three K should have a long title reign. Fuck that. Um, let the tradition continue and have these fuckers lose in their first defense. I love Despy and Kanemaru. I mean, unabashed love. They're the most underrated tag team. I love those guys. So that should be good. Um, you feeling a retain here? Does it matter? Does it not matter?
1: You-, <sighs> you know, honestly, like I, I kind of tried to, to 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 think of of what scenario I would be okay with, what scenario would I like, and the more I thought about it, like I th- I think Rapongi's going to retain here because they're not quite ready. But then as I was kind of thinking about it, I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. Hold on. Like we we already have show ready for his match with Shingo. Not you know not like ready, ready. But I mean like we're, we we know that that's coming. Do we really need another? Rep- do we need another month? Because like they're gonna lose this thing in March. Or they're gonna lose it in April or whatever. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Lose right here. Let let's move on. Let's get Show and yo. Let's figure out what their 2020s are gonna be like. Let's shit or get off the pot with those guys. Show's got a scenario where, where he can you know face Shingo. Yo can do something in the-, in the junior division. There's just no reason for these guys to hold these titles because we know in our heart of hearts. I mean, honestly, Joe, do you think they're holding these titles for the entire year? They're not. I mean, they should maybe, but they're not going to. I agree. So let's just do it here, man. Like you know, like why even bother? Like why even why even have like I I I think it's the better scenario. I think it gets these guys ready to go for 2020. They got their one little win. They won their little tournament again. That they're good to go. Like there's nothing left for these guys to do if they win this. There's just nothing left for Rapungi 3K. And and they're just kind of boring in this spot as the as the champion or as the lead team uh, in this division. So move them away. Like I, I think it's I'm ready to move on. And, and I would love to have Canamoro and Desperado as a champion. I think there's so many more scenarios that could play out with those two guys as champions as opposed to, to Rapungi 3K. So as I was kind of typing it out and as I was doing promotion, I kind of convinced myself, you know what? No, fuck it. and Desperado, Rapungi 3K, sorry guys, move on. Let's let's figure out what the next step of your guys' career is gonna be and let's get to Canamoro and Desperado. So so I'm I don't know if that's gonna if I was a betting. Man, I don't think I would have Suzuki Gun, but I'm I'm rooting for it, and I hope for it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. The last thing for them to do is have a definitive title reign, but I'm ready for Show versus Shingo, and I'm ready to see what they do with Yo. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. So you sent and me this the Doobie
1: to- Gillis. You sent me this Doobie. Yeah. G- is he supposed to be like a guy who does drugs or something? What is the?
0: Well, Rich, it's the early '60s. I'm sure there's a little. Insinuation of marijuana, but uh, why does cigarettes. he look
1: like? Why does he look like the way he looks? Why is his hair so greasy and weird? And why is he have a weird goatee? Like, what's going on here? Uh, you
0: yeah, he's depressed. The show is about how he fails with the ladies. Okay, it's kind of the premise. He's, so he's a, kind of a dork Yeah, he has trouble with the girls. Okay, is the idea
1: because like that that so that guy in that picture, like in 1999 and 2002, that dude is slaying like <laughs> fucking crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right? The jet black hair, the shitty goatee. He's probably wearing like a fucking graphic, you know, an affliction tee or something like that.
0: He'd be a mumble rapper. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, he'd be fucking like crazy. But I he'd guess in the 60s, the guy in like the button up plaid and the, you know, close corrupt.
0: Like his buddy there.
1: Yeah, like his buddy with the, with the very, very tight pants, by the way. You could see a lot very of. Tight. Who is that man? Because, uh,.
0: I don't not familiar with that actor.
1: Well, you can see a lot of him in that picture because those are very tight jeans. But he's the guy with the close cropped, you know, haircut. The the button up, the plaid button up, the tight yeah. pants. Like that's the guy who's slaying the ladies. And this guy with the goatee and the you know gray T shirt. Yeah, he's he's nothing good. But yeah, no, that, that dude on the left, yeah, Doobie, dooby, is, is definitely banging a lot of people these days in in the in the early two thousands. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. His friend though, you're right. Like. He's uh, the confident one with the swagger. And yeah, but yeah, he'd be like, you look at him, even the, the look on, on Dobie Gillis's face, he'd be a mumble rapper now and he'd be, <laughs> sure, yeah. plus left and right. you're right. You know, it's everything is upside down now, Rich. Um, he looks like, like the look on his face. He looks like uh, he'd be related to what's her name? Who won all the Grammys? The teenage Oh, broad, Billie the, Eilish the, or whatever. He looks like Billie Eilish. Look at him.
1: I'm not like, wrong. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. So as we compare Dobie Gillis to Billie Eilish. Uh, only only, here. On
1: the, only on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Only place
0: you, you get it. Uh, Rusuke Taguchi, Towa Hanare, Togi Makabe, and Tomo Akihama versus Tenkoji, Manabu Nakanishi, and Yuji Nagata as we say goodbye to Manabu Nakanishi, Rich, um, who's wrapping it up. And not a moment too soon for a man man who looks like he's in pain just walking to the ring.
1: Joe, there was a, there was Uh, a, he, I think it was either this or it was later in the week that I saw a gif of him like literally walking to the ring and holding the guardrail to help him. I'm like, oh my God, like we're done. This is over. Let's please move on. Like, yeah. It's sad. It's over. It's it's gotten, yeah, it's gotten real bad. So,
0: so here's my question to you. I don't know, I haven't read the preview. Maybe this isn't a novel thought. Does Tola Hanare pin him here?
1: Ooh, I like it. Yeah, it's good. I idea, didn't right? predict that, but I like that a lot. We're, we're all we're, we got some good ideas here.
0: Yeah, but Listen, we should lady shows out. You know, we are pretty smart. We know what we're doing here.
1: That's not a bad because he's kind of got that same look. He's got that big barrel chest, big upper body.
0: You're starting to push him a little more. Yeah, you know, I, I like
1: it. it. I like it.
0: I, that's the move. I think that's the move. What's the benefit of having Togi Makabe drop the King Kong knee drop on him?
1: Right, right. Or having like Hanma get pinned by you know Tenzan or something like that. It's like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Like, why, why even bother? I- I'm with you, man. Yeah, there's no, you don't need to build Nakanishi for anything else, man. This is what he's here for. And you know, we're counting down final match in Osaka, Joe Hall. Like, he doesn't need to get this win. I like it. I like it a lot. Hopefully, Toguchi doesn't like slide and <laughs> get the fucking win or some bullshit like that. But yeah, I- I'm with you. I think that's a nice little passing of the torch moment too. And Nakanishi gets up and kind of like slaps him on the chest and gives him a thumbs up. You know, raises his hand, endorses him, you know? I like it.
0: Yeah. So uh, this Osaka show looks great on paper.
1: Oh, incredible. Yeah, man. This is like, like I said, the the only match that I'm not looking forward to. Is that eight man tag and like even the tag match? I'm, I'm kind of slightly looking forward to. But in that, like the, the the junior tag title match looks awesome. Jay and Sonata will be interesting in one way, <laughs> in one way, shape or form. Regardless of you know, you know, people will be talking about that match no matter what. And then the final three matches, man, and uh, Hiromu and and Lee. I mean, Moxley and Suzuki. What a build for that match too. I can't fucking wait for that match. That's freaking Naito and Kenta. This match. This this show looks incredible. I cannot wait for the show on, on February 9th. So,
0: hey, you know I'm watching a replay of SmackDown on FS1. Please don't ask
1: What are you doing? What's wrong with you?
0: It's just okay. Are you okay? Are
1: you all right? Do you need help?
0: It's playing in the background. And when I do the flagship, I like to have some form of wrestling on the TV running in the background. Okay? I don't know why. It just keeps me in the right frame of mind, I guess. But unless there's a Reds game on or something. But um, I'm just watching Shinsuke Nakamura defend the Intercontinental title against Braun Strowman. Mm Mm-hmm. And as you know, his manager is Sami Zayn, right? And they've added Cesaro to the stable, right? In an alternate universe, that's a pretty great stable. It's
1: unbelievable.
0: Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, and Cesaro.
1: This is bad. I didn't even know that that was a thing until you mentioned it right here. And like, yeah, like you're saying five years ago, that would have blown the world. (laughs) Those three
0: guys. But in this universe, it's like... Just a collection of fucking jerks that no one cares about and get no respect. It's, inc- it's really incredible. It's unbelievable. How cool would that have been is like Shinsuke Nakamura splits from chaos because Okada has usurped him as the leader. And he brings in Sami Zayn and fucking Cesaro to form a new unit in New Japan called fucking, I don't know, Hard Men, whatever you want to call it. That wouldn't be a good name for them.
1: Um, <laughs> in all mean, caps? Name, all but, caps? I like it in all caps. Yeah, that's not
0: bad. Yeah, but not for them. I mean you could see a unit in Japan called Hard Men like for like a different collection of guys. Like Sami Zayn and Nakamura – like Nakamura is a legitimate fighter and Cesaro. But I don't know, I wouldn't call them Hard Men. I don't know why I said that. I would call them uh, – I think it's some wacky name that would have a wacky translation. Um, uh, I can't even think of one right now. But, they, you know, th- that would be great. Like, it would be so fucking cool. On SmackDown, they're just three fucking clowns that between the three of them, they can't figure out a way to beat Braun Strowman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he just tossing all three of them around and they're the heels and they still can't fucking figure it out, you know, and Nakamura's just getting ragdolled as I watch this. Uh, Strowman's hitting him with a the GTR without, you know, without the knee and, um, you know, Sammy Zane with his hands on his head with an exasperated look on his face. You can picture it all. Yeah. You know, oh, I got yeah. it.
1: I got it. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, I want you to answer this. How many, uh, how many matches on TV has Sami Zayn had since August of 2019? Uh, zero. Uh, it's been four actually, but you know, okay. It's a little bit more yeah. than zero, but it's
0: he's four. a manager. He's yeah. a manager. <laughs> that's the best use of Sami Zayn that you can come up with.
1: <laughs> Exacerbated yeah. manager. Yeah. That's,
0: he is one of, like, 30 uh, juniors better than Will Ospreay, though. Never mind. I didn't. Let's not do that. Puma <laughs> Do that shit. Puma, Puma King, Puma King. Puma <laughs> I was trying to get <laughs> I can't help myself sometimes.
1: Oh, God. All right.
0: He's wrestled four matches since August. Yeah, but he's
1: better. Yeah. yeah. Puma King. <laughs> Puma King. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Uh, this we got a few more things to do before we wrap up here. Let's talk about this Cody Rhodes angle from, uh, or Cody redacted angle. I'm sorry from uh, from AEW this week. I know you uh, you probably touched on it a little bit on the Thursday tier reviews. I have not listened to that yet though. Uh, but for people that maybe just jumping into here, want to kind of get a preview of what you what you talked about on Thursday T reviews. Uh, what do you think of, of this angle? It's a, a polarizing angle, but I, I seem to think that more people that I saw seem to enjoy it. Then dislike it, but there were pretty heavy critics of it as well. But uh, what do you think of the angle? Because um, I, I thought it was tremendous pro wrestling and just tremendous TV. But but what are your thoughts first? And then I'll, I'll give my uh, my opinion about it.
0: I gave my extended thoughts behind the paywall at patreon.com slash voice wrestling on the Thursday TV reviews. So I'm going to allow Rich to carry this segment. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle, I, but I'm in the middle while recognizing that it was absolutely a money angle. But I did think it ran a little long. But I look, I get why it ran long. You want it to resonate. That's number one. And number two, you're in a ratings war and you want it to carry an entire quarter hour and all those sorts of things since it was the biggest thing you've built in weeks. So I get it. I understand why it was long and it dragged out the way it did. And it did run a little long for my taste. Disclaimer, I also watched it after reading all of the stuff. I didn't watch it live in real time. Okay, So, you know, watching it live, I might not have came away with the sense that it was too long because I'm watching in real time and waiting to see what's going to happen. I already knew that all of his pals come out. I already knew, like, the end result and him getting kicked in the balls. So it's a different experience when you're not watching it live and you already knew what happened. So that's also the the other disclaimer I'll put on it. Grant, with all that said, absolute money angle. I mean, uh, they've got two legitimate money matches. on. I would be very surprised if this pay-per-view doesn't exceed the previous two in buys because Jericho Moxley feels hot and MJF Cody feels red hot.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I'm I'm, I'm going there live and and yeah, I I can't wait for that pay-per-view. It looks incredible on paper. And like you said, there's two big matches. I mean, those really, really stand out. And and, um, as far as this angle... I watched it live, which I think probably did help me a little bit more so than, than than watching it spoiled or watching it knowing kind of what was going to happen because, you know, live, you you didn't know what was coming next. You didn't know what the next thing was going to be. And, and, and it running long, actually, in this case, to me, I enjoyed the fact that it went a little bit longer because it showed just how much more Cody suffered, how much more he had to suffer to get through this. And that's that's the thing I think a lot of people maybe I'm not saying like didn't understand or whatnot, but maybe didn't didn't quite capture the nuance that, that that some other people might have enjoyed a little bit more. And that's a reason why I liked it, because people are like, oh, man, Cody's had worse things happen to him, or, oh, you know, he's been bleeding all over the place, and he's had, you know, chair shots, and what's, you know, this is way, you know, all, yeah, he's, he's getting hit by a belt or whatever. It's not nearly the same. The problem, and the thing that I liked about this is it was kind of the – not necessarily less is more because it's hard to say less is more for a 20 minute segment where a guy took, you know, 10 beatings with a, you know, with a, you know, a, a belt. But the thing was, is that it wasn't necessarily the pain that Cody was enduring, which it was. It was obviously the pain that Cody was enduring, but it was the fact that he couldn't do anything about it either. Cause in other scenarios, he'd got hit by a, 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 the belt and would turn around and deck you know, MJF or, or his friends would have come out and beat up MJF and send him packing or whatever and send him out to the crowd or whatever. But the fact that Cody just had to sit there and take it. And that's what made, I think, the length of it a little bit more excruciating. And that's what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to feel like, fuck, this, this MJF guy is just letting this go on forever because he just wants to make this dude suffer. He wants to make this guy suffer mentally. He wants to make this guy suffer physically. And that is the story. You want MJF to be the biggest goddamn heel in the fucking world, and you want nothing more than to go watch that pay-per-view and watch Cody get his hands on him and beat his ass. And that's exactly what I think they accomplished with this. Was it maybe a little too long? I, I could buy that. I could absolutely buy people that said it was a little too long. Was a little bit too melodramatic? Yeah, I can maybe buy that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine if people want to say that, but I think it hit all the right chords. Because at the end of the day, this, the, the goal of it is you want Cody to be a bigger babyface. MJF to be a bigger heel, and you want to see these guys fight at the pay per view. You want to see Cody get his hands on MJF and finally once and for all get repentance and 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 get you know payback for all the shit that MJF has, has been doing for you know to him over the last few weeks and all all the repentance for for turning on him and all that sort of stuff. Everything, everything and and it kind of needs. That length, it can't be five minutes, you know, you don't get that same vibe, you don't get that same feeling in a five minute scenario where he just quickly hits 10, you know, belt shots and then walks out of the ring or whatever, you just don't get that if it's done quick, the fact that it waited and everything kind of stewed and every moment was about Cody's face and and everybody, I, I even liked the people coming down too, it was a little, you know, yeah, a little melodramatic, but, you know, it, it was it, different scenarios, too. Some people saying, Dustin saying, hey, look, I'll take the five. The Bucks saying, hey, just three more. You know, Brandy coming down, breaking character, maybe ending the Nightmare Collective. We can talk about that in a bit. Saying, you know, just do it one more time. Just, just one more time and then you're done or whatever. You know, Cody so often wanting to get in his face and, and beat him up and knowing, oh, man, I can't do this because I want to get my hands on you. I thought it was tremendous pro wrestling. Just tremendous, tremendous pro wrestling. And, and, and I'll take this over an 18-minute back-and-forth fucking Kip Sabian-Joey Janela match or whatever. You, you know, like, I'll take the, people saying, oh, this went too long or it went a little long. Like. The scenario, like I think, a lot of stuff in AEW goes way too long. This I did not think went way too long because it was striking all the right chords the entire time as it was going through it. So, so I love this, and I think it exactly like you said, money angle. It accomplished exactly what you wanted it to accomplish, And, and that's I mean that you can boil down wrestling to that simple thing. It's like what were you trying to accomplish, and did they do that? And they absolutely accomplished everything that they needed to do. With that segment, And it's going to be a segment we're going to be talking about for a while, too. That's going to resonate with people forever. If MJF goes in there and hits him with 10 belt shots in 15 seconds, runs out of the ring because all of Cody's buddies run in, and he goes into the crowd, we're never talking about it again. The fact that it lasted 15 minutes, the fact that it was excruciating to watch live, is going to make it resonate with us for, for a long, long time. So I loved it. I thought it was an incredible angle, a great way to finish that show. And I can't wait to see these dudes fight at, uh, at the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. It's got to have some link to it in order to resonate and to let it sink in.
1: Like you have to feel uncomfortable. That was the goal. Is like it's- you because you, because early on and you could see the crowd sort of shift that way too. You know, after Cody got hit, I think with the first three shots or whatever, they're like Cody. Oh, you? you know, they're kind of cheering him on. Yeah, Cody, you got this or whatever. And then by like the sixth one, as it's taken a little bit longer, the crowd isn't necessarily rooting Cody on anymore. They're starting to be like, Oh my god, like get him out of here, like this the poor guy. Like they're starting to feel sympathy towards him. And there wasn't as much of a cheer, and it was more of a, oh my God. Like this dude is getting destroyed. He's bleeding. His back's all you know and 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 Cody, I think, did an incredible job of selling every single one like a gunshot. And then you have the, the Wardlow one, which looked like it hurt like hell. And again, like you need that excruciating length. You need that excruciating feeling. You need that uncomfortableness to make it work. Because if it's over in five minutes, it it's just it's not the same. So so I, I thought the length was exactly what it needed to be, and I, I thought it was tremendous. So
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the pay-per-view is going to do really well. I do. I think it's going to exceed the other two, uh, because these two matches feel, uh, so well built, Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's always the danger of peaking these things too early, but you've got Cody and Wardlaw in the cage coming up in a couple weeks. And then we have to see how the rest of the card fills out too. And builds from there. Get to see what Hangman's going to do. Um, so I think they're doing a great job with him. Oh my God, I,
1: dude, that, they're going to fuck around and make that guy, the biggest star in the entire company.
0: He is on the verge of becoming a mega star. <laughs> it,
1: like, people I love mean, it, man. He, put, he he hands somebody the beer and the crowd goes fucking ape shit. It's, it's it, after all the, the, the try hard stuff they tried to do with him when they first came in, like the simple thing is just yeah. kind of like boil it down and build it back up. Like it's, 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 it, it, what a case study this, this hangman page thing has been.
0: For sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh. You know, I've got my critiques with AEW, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, $5 tier. I go through them every week, positives and negatives. And But, uh, I, I really believe this is, this is a solidly booked company. I, I, I mean, big picture stuff, especially, you know, I've got my gripes with the, a few gripes with this, you know, smaller issues, but big picture, man, they've got directions they stick to them. Um. They're even showing now with Paige that they've been able to rehab someone where it didn't quite work out the first time, which is not easy to do. You know, and the Cody stuff always lands. They build their big match as well. Um, you know, they're, just the way that they're giving Moxley different things to do every week until he finally gets his hands on Jericho to kill time on the TV, these singles matches against Ortiz and Santana, and they're not just cold matches, Rich. Where Jer- They could be very – they could very easily just throw those matches out there and just with something silly like – or something easy, low effort like Jericho can just say, well, I'm going to throw my goons at you every week until – Right, right, right. But there's stories behind these matches like Moxley stuck the car keys in Santana's eye to get revenge in the brawl and then Santana cut that great promo saying, you know, just – I'm going to fucking kill you for poking my eye out with a car keys. I'm already having a bad year. You know, and now and now you put Karky so there's like they're not just cold matches against against uh Jericho's henchmen, they've got some story behind them. You know, Ortiz was the guy who attacked Moxley the week before with the bat and Moxley hit him with the headbutt. And then they had the match next week. So it's just very well booked promotion. And you know, they had some bumps in the road through the end of November and December in terms of the but, That one week that they – they got that week off after that disastrous dark order angle and it feels like they've really gotten their shit together in terms of booking and direction. And again, I don't love everything but you know how I am with booking. I just – people complain about booking. It's just – no matter what, people are going to complain about booking in these promotions. But I always take a a different kind of look at it, a more of a big-picture look and the stuff that matters rather than getting caught up in the weeds on – You know What mid-carders aren't getting – I don't care about that stuff. It's But when you you look at the big picture here, this is a very well-booked promotion with clear and solid long-term directions, and they have clear and solid ideas. Now, they might not all work, and the pay-per-view might not end up drawing. I don't know. But everything feels hot going into it, and um, I think the booking is the one thing in this promotion that stands out above all.
1: Yeah, and and the thing that I've really liked uh, that they've done as of late is every single week has like a hook. Like they ran that down, I think it was somewhere like about three fourths of the way through the show. They basically said, Okay, next week is this, and then the week after that is this, and then the week after that is this, and then the week a-. and I was like, That's you know, that's the way to do it. Is like that like yeah. we said the long term booking. It was obvious that they have a storyboard or an idea of, hey, this is what's gonna get us through this pay per view, and here's how the weeks are gonna go and here's how the stories are gonna weave or whatever. So the point where we have Pac and, and, and Kenny Omega, that's obviously gonna be on the go home show. Can, I can
0: lay it out for you. It's yeah. it's SCU it's SCU challenging Page and Omega next week. Uh, With the whole idea of the Bucks warning page. Hey, look, if you don't get your shit together, you're going to lose these titles. Right. And then they're having the tag team battle royal to determine the number one contenders the next week for the pay-per-view. And then Cody and Wardlaw in the cage. And then Pac and Omega in the 30-minute Iron Man match. They laid that all out of what you're going to see over the next three or four weeks. And Nyla Rose versus uh, Riho, if you want to throw that in there, which they set up earlier in the show. And they give you, like you said, it's all laid out, like Jericho said on that podcast. Back in November, he knew everything he was doing each week through February. Right,
1: and I love that shit, man. That is that is the pro wrestling that's that I love.
0: That's how book pro wrestling.
1: Right, that, that's the shit that, like, because I'm always, like, and, and, you know, anybody that's listened to the show or, or, or knows us personally, like, the, some of the stuff that we love the most is, like, you know, year-long little nuggets or whatnot. Like, I love the idea that, like, even an old-school WWF, that, like, Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon, and Bruce Pritchard got in a room and booked, it like, a year and a half out. You know what I mean? Like, all right, what we're going to do is have Macho Man look at Hulk Hogan with a side eye, and that's going to build, like, just the little stuff like that where you watch. Think and a year later, it pays off, or like a you know six months later, you're like, oh yeah, that's why that happened. Or we we talk about New Japan all the time, Shingo and Show, like them making passing remarks at one another is not done, you know, just by complete accident. It is done because someone sat down and said, here's what we're going to do, and here's what we're going to plan out. But I love the idea of, like, yeah, a, 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 whatever it is, a, a, a notebook, a, a whiteboard, whatever it is, laying out six months ahead of time, a year ahead of time. And that's, sort of, like, that's the shit I love about pro wrestling. It's, like, let's sit down and let's come up with how this is going to go. And, yeah, you obviously sometimes you have to diverge, you have to change, injuries happen, guys get hot, things happen. But I love the idea of just sitting down, getting in a room and saying, here's what we're going to lay out for the next year, and let's go towards that and let's build towards that because that's pro wrestling that I love. I hate week-to-week bullshit. I hate just fly by the seat of your pants. Hey, who do we have booked? All right, cool, let's do that. like. It's the thing I, you know, not to do another. I, I thing that I hate about the US Indies, but a lot of US Indies is like, hey, who do we have booked for tonight? All right, cool, boom, 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 boom. There we go. And it's like, no, man, like let's have some fucking plans here. Let's have a reason to come to the show. Let's have a reason for these guys to face each other. Let's have little nuggets that we can put. Like, there's so much you can do with pro wrestling and so much with the storytelling that I love the shit. Where I, I love the idea of Jericho knowing from November through February what he was going to do. I live for that shit. That's the pro wrestling and, I love.
0: And that's part of the reason why Golden Age of ROH was so great because. You know, Gabe knew things like – a perfect example. He knew Nigel McGuinness was going to be his world champion a year before he made him world champion. And then he worked backwards from there with the pure title stuff. And you know what I mean? And it's like he had the destination and he's like, OK, I've got 13 months to get there now and build this guy up. And, and it played out. And you're right. We see so little of that. And I mean, we don't even see it in WWE anymore. You you brought up Hogan Savage. What about Bretton and Owen? Yeah, you know. Oh, what about, I mean, we can go right down the line where they would, you know, have their next major programs plotted out a year ahead, and you know, the, the booking was just more cohesive. And those are the stories that resonate with people forever. They're not telling any stories anymore that resonate with people for more than a month, because it's it's all you know decided as they go. And and, and AEW, and I've been noting this every week behind the paywall, for a brand new company, if you're really paying attention, you see that they are doing those long-term things. We just haven't had them have a chance to play out yet because they've only existed for four months. But you can see that they they do – and some of them have already played out, like the Scorpio Sky Elevation and the title match versus Jericho on TV, which they planted the seed for that the night Jericho won the title. Right. Made that passing comment to sky and a lot of that's tony khan because we've heard tony khan has had a bigger hand in the booking and is a guy who is a huge fan of planting long-term seeds why because he's a nerd like us
1: Yeah, because, he loves that shit too
0: <laughs> because he'd be on this show having this same conversation right, he has
1: a notebook full of fucking but he probably did it in, i i know i did it when i did when i played like you know wrestling sim games like ewr or whatever I'd have eight months out you know? like one of my guys would get signed because I would always try to do like I'd be like an indie promotion or whatever like a startup promotion one of my guys would get signed and I'd have to you know god damn it motherfucker like all you know six months of stories out the window and I love that shit like I lived for that when a guy got hurt or had to go to rehab or whatever and I was like oh damn it alright like let's change everything like let's go yeah. so
0: well yeah he he'd be on here talking about show and Shingo and Nigel McGuinness and, and Brett and Owen and, and Macho Man and Hogan you know with us and geeking out over it and um you know i just think it's we all know they've had too many voices in the room i mean if i had it my way it'd be tony khan and cody that would be in the, that that that's who i'd have in the room you know and
1: with jericho uh, a room away as a consultant in case you need to
0: yeah and if you want the Bucks to book their own shit fine but i don't want them ch- chiming in on anything else and it, it's like you know because you could see you could start seeing fingerprints and it's just been so much more focused since january yeah and uh, and and, and and so much better. You can really sink your teeth into the booking right now. So they're on a, they're on a good run.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree there. And it uh, looks like the Nightmare Collective might be either no more or, or, or fracturing, which is good. So And the Dark yeah, Order stuff know, hasn't been overbearing either. So I, I like both of them. It hasn't
0: been overbearing. I mean, I still hate it. And I still think if it were me, I would just forget that it – But the problem with that is they clearly have this long-term story with Christopher Daniels that they're allowing to play out right whether he joins them or whether he doesn't join them and again if you're going to praise long term booking and letting things play out you kind of can't you can't have it both ways you right just-
1: exactly yeah you can't say well yeah in that case fuck that this thing sucks <laughs> pull the plug and i think they're also kind of waiting to i th- i think if matt hardy says yeah i'm i'm on board then you know that's right. that scenario too i think they're playing that out and waiting until you know once matt hardy resigns the wwe or whatever if that's what he's going to do i think then they can pretty safely you know but i think they're they're holding the spot for him in case you know he's he's willing to come over so
0: well, there's nothing they can do to turn me on that. I'm never going to like it. But the thing about it is I don't have to like everything. Right. You know, and it, it's, it's just – as long as I like most of the shit you're doing – I mean I don't like everything New Japan does. I don't like everything that – fucking roh used to do or or noah and it's goal. it's you're not gonna like everything all that matters you know I mean?
1: honestly like I, I hate to boil it down to this but all that matters is what happens in the the big spots in the main events the upper mid cards like we we freak out and we go nuts like you said about every undercard and, and semi-main eventer and junior heavyweight and all. stuff. what matters is the big stuff on top man That that's what drives the company and when you leave the show you're not going to remember that you know fucking kip sabian had too long of a match with you know joey janela at the second from the bottom if like cody and fucking you know MJF have an incredible main event match with tons of emotion. You're never going to, you know, you don't going to care about that shit when it's all said and
0: done. So. It's, you know, to some extent, you're right. Absolutely, it's the old, you know, attitude era thing where the main events were great and the undercard was shit, while in the other company, the undercards were great and the main events were shit. You know, and it, it you, 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 so it's almost like you can make the argument you need one or the other: the big stuff to work out or you know, just have a, a incredible top to bottom cards and maybe you don't need the big stuff to work out as much. But I mean, you're right. It, it's, we talk about it all the time. Like we just talked about earlier in this show, when your main event delivers, all of a sudden the show was good. Right. You know, and if the main event doesn't deliver, all of a sudden the show was bad, you know, and then a lot of times that is the case, but um, yeah, you know, I, I, I like what's happening there now. And believe me, anyone who listened to some shows a month ago or more, that I did behind the pay. I was not liking What I, I mean no you know there was Some uh, passionate fucking audio going on In the, the end of December
1: All right so we are up Against the clock here Joe so I think we are out of Time uh, anything else you wanted to touch on before We uh, officially sign off
0: well, how much time Do we have uh, about five, five About five minutes or so Uh Minoru Suzuki Orange Cassidy I want To talk about this at least for a couple minutes Um I have no use for this match, like less than no use. If Minoru Suzuki and Orange Cassidy had a it's match, George Joy
1: Jungle Spring Break, by the way, if people that don't know, yeah, Joy
0: Springbreak. Spring Break. Yeah. If that match was in my backyard, I'd draw the blinds. I, I mean that. I have no interest. I know exactly what it's going to be. I know exactly what the match is going to be. Orange Cassidy doing his shtick. Minoru Suzuki looking befuddled and looking at the crowd. And looking at this guy and being like, I can't, what, what is this? Not understanding, right? And then they have a match in Orange Cassidy and it ends up, uh, you know, because he could work a little bit and they, you know, and it's, it's a dichotomy of styles and uh, whoever's going to, you know, Suzuki will win it in the end. And um, people are going to say it's, it's so fucking great. Like I know exactly how it's going to play out, but I have no use for it. I have no use for Orange Cassidy. Um, I would never buy a ticket to this, but it is the perfect Peak match for what wrestling, for what indie wrestling is today. And I think it was brilliant that they put this together and put this on the show. And it sort of encapsulates this is peak irony wrestling. This is the peak irony wrestler against the guy who's the complete opposite of him, who's super over with everyone as being this credible tough guy more than anyone else in the world. Right.
1: Which is also not entirely what his career's been. He has done some of the stuff. But like you said, over the last, you know, the the, the the scope that most people know Minoru Suzuki has is not like guy who has fun or guy, you know, funny guy or whatever. It's just serious Well ass yeah, I mean, yeah, he's
0: wrestled Mecha Mummy. He's wrestled <laughs> right, 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 right. He's wrestled Riho, who isn't even credible now. I mean Riho, my biggest problem with Riho is she lacks any sense of credibility as a fighter. He wrestled her when she was like twelve. You know, he's done these gimmicky matches before, so these people all been out of shape that they're ruining Minoru Suzuki, have no idea what you are talking about. Okay? And they just don't know anything about Minoru Suzuki. Okay? He does stuff like this all the time. But, uh, and, and to be fair, to be intellectually consistent, I don't give a shit about Minoru Suzuki versus Riho either. I would never watch that. Or Mecha Mummy. That match was, that's not my style. It's garbage. Same as, this, to me, this is garbage. And I have no interest in this. But, this, I mean, this is, you can't. I can't think of a more apropos match to put together which is peak Janela Spring Break and yeah. peak Irony Wrestling? Then this match happening on that show because the Janela Spring Break is what caused all this shit, is what ruined WrestleMania weekend and has given us fucking Warhausen's fucking War Werewolf show and fucking the bondage show, yeah, bondage of GoGo, and, yeah, and and whatever the fuck the fucking gray sweat pant battle royal and all this other assorted nonsense that they have no interest in whatsoever. Okay, but that's what it is now because no, you know, because the Indies don't have any good workers anymore, and Janela Spring Break drew money, so now everybody's trying to copy that, and you know, uh, and this is what we're stuck with. But this is like the peak match of this horrible era of indie wrestling that we're in, and it was the match they had to make. I don't know who thought of it, but holy shit, that I mean. Can you think of a better match for this current era no, than we're in? No. Oh,
1: my God. No. And that, that's what we always say. Like, every one of these other shows is just like a dollar store ripoff of, of Janelle. And they never – they don't get it. They don't understand. They yeah, just yeah. think you put together funny matches and everybody goes and laughs and has fun or whatever. And, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. But the reason that Janelle's thing was the one that sort of set the standard, the reason that Janelle won still to this day is the must-see show that entire you know weekend If you're if you're into that sort of stuff – because they they just get it, they just understand it more than most other people. Most other people think that there's nothing more than you know, funny guys or funny matchup, and haha, can you believe D'Lo Brown is going to be facing you know uh, Jordan Grace? <laughs> haha, that's so hilarious. And it's like, no, that's not what made the Joey Janela Spring Break good. Matches like Orange Cassidy Minor Suzuki are what made it good because they are the best in the most. You you know like it, it, the video is the build up to it as well. It got the one guy hired by WWE or whatever. They just got it from day one. Janela just got it, and everybody involved in that just understood exactly the right chord to play every single time with these shows, and that's why they stand out. That's why they're better than all these other bullshit ones. These copycats that all try to do the same thing but fail to really realize what what made Joe Janela Spring Break special. And what still makes it special? Because I don't you know I don't really love this show, but I'm probably gonna watch it because it does it, it does this thing better than anybody else. You know better than the other 400 copycats that are there this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's just the Joey Janela Spring Break caused all of this, and to me, this match might be the nadir of it all. I mean, this is like the peak irony match.
1: That's true. Maybe maybe we we start turning the corner. Maybe there's nothing more to do after this one. We've finally That's reached right. it. We've, we've we've reached the peak. Yeah, like you said, that, that might be
0: wishful thinking on my part because I hate what indie wrestling has become. And I hate what WrestleMania weekend has become. And we've been very outspoken about that. And We will be outspoken again when we preview the weekend, but this might be the nader. I mean, you can't top this. I mean, what other match can you make? And it's happening four years later on the show that started it all. The one that I will never disparage or bury because they were unique. And this was a thing that they did first. And, you know, it, 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 it led to a horrible trend. Um, but here we are, and I don't think this can be top. What can they top this with? You know, um, so maybe this is it. We've had s- several years of this now—four years of spring breaks and two years of WrestleMania weekend—inundated with this stuff, and maybe it swings. But the problem is, I mean, you know, it, it's it's the lack of great matches and great wrestlers created a hole for the irony stuff and for death match to make a resurgence. And, um, you know, game changer capitalized and, but what, what can be next? I mean, we don't have another wave of one thing we may have been wrong about is, you know, I always thought the Indies would restock themselves. Yeah. They didn't, wow. they did And I don't know where the blame is. I don't know if that's promoters giving up and just leaning into comedy and irony and sort of this the fans are in on it with the wrestlers that yeah. all of them kind of, I just hate the whole culture. I, mean, yeah, you know, I don't so.
1: think we could have foreseen like WWE signing like 200 people. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think when, when we always said that it was like, they would sign like, you know, one guy, they signed Chris hero and we're like, Oh, we lost Chris hero, but, but that's okay. But like literally scooping up like six guys at a time, you know, that, that does a number on it. On, on well, the,
0: and like, the problem too, is the young wrestlers coming up, see what's gets over. Right. And they're going to copy it. I mean, Donovan Danhausen wasn't getting, you know. He was on the treadmill. His career wasn't going anywhere until he became Danhausen, you know. And it's worked out tremendously for him. He's Mm going to work fifteen fucking matches WrestleMania weekend. He's working ROH. He's everywhere. But when he was just fucking Donovan uh, Danhausen, fucking wrestler guy, he wasn't going anywhere. So people see that, you know, Um, this guy that is Dan the Dad was going nowhere before ethan page bestowed that upon him and now he's booked everywhere and it's like so that makes it even harder because now you have these wrestlers who are like well shit i have to have a twitter persona Mm -hmm. i have to be a gimmick i have to be able to do this comedy i have to be able to in be in zany wacky matches and then maybe i'll have my own wrestlemania weekend show someday you know if you know look at fucking look at um jake parnell yeah i mean he he was doing better than those other guys as jake parnell but his career has taken off as the fucking uh uh, as as and leaning into the heavy metal thing and the face paint you know and it's like people see this the young wrestlers see this and and that's where we're going to have trouble getting away from this stuff because it's people are going to do what they see as successful Mm -hmm. and you got to get over on social media and be friends with all the fans or at least work the fans that you're friends with them, or whatever the case may be so you could sell those t-shirts and you know and and, and everything else and it's like, man, I, I don't know how we get away look it's not going to last. it won't and I'm convinced it won't but the question is, how do we get away from it? And the death, the deathmatch guys were beneficiaries too because it left a hole for those guys you know they were there before and they're going to be there after. Because a lot of those guys are unsignable and everything else. But it's like there's an opening now, and those are your most charismatic and your biggest stars because everyone else got signed. So – but maybe this is the Nader, and I really hope it is because I don't know where you go from here now, now that you've made that match. Which, again, I don't have to be interested to know that it's the perfect match.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, like I don't really want to see it, but like, yeah, it's fucking ideal. It's perfect. It's exactly the match that you want. I
0: saw that announcement. I'm like, holy shit, that's brilliant that's going to have all these people who are into that stuff, you know, it, this show is going to sell out anyway, but you know, that's going to draw some eye pay-per-view buys and everything else. I sure. mean, I, so I just wanted to briefly talk about that match. And, you know, now if I go, I, you, you know, it's not for me. I've been to spring breaks and I, I look, I'll never go to one again. It's just, you know, I, I experienced it. You know what I mean? It's not, and it's, It's something I think if you've never been to one, you should go. But I'm so over this stuff. You know, I was never into it, let alone, you know, but I just, God, when is it going to stop? But I guess it's just a matter of where's the talent? Yeah.
1: Well, a lot of it's going to be at Ring of Honor. I did want to briefly mention this: that Ring of, Car- uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. I know that uh, you're finding a way because you, you are still going, and I think you're going to have to find a way to get to Lakeland, Florida, uh, on April 4th. Because uh, yeah, we got a new uh, a new match announced: the Mexa Squad, Bandito, Flamita, Ray Horace versus Amazing Red, Will Osprey, and Rocky Romero. So,
0: hey, listen, if you're going to WrestleMania weekend to see wrestling, which is kind of a novel concept, <laughs> well,
1: if you're one of these weird, you know- if you're one of these weirdos who wants to see guys wrestle, <laughs> at WrestleMania yeah, weekend. I
0: mean. That's the show. You know, I mean, um, that is just a fucking, my God. I mean, Party Marty, getting it done. Who, just like we all thought, Party Marty and Nosawa out of the question. (laughs) Save these,
1: these companies, these once great companies and and get them back to respectability. Yes, of course. Nosawa and Marty Skrull.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Party Marty and Nosawa out of the question. Saving two historically great companies uh, from the doldrums with fantastic booking, just like we all figured would happen. Um, but but yeah, uh, that show looks fantastic. That six man tag, and we already have Will Osprey out there tweeting out that you know, hey, and you know, on the weekend where Dragon Gate six man and and all those great WWN six man's kind of changed the game, they're gonna go. You know, if he's already talking about that, they they want to go out there. And right, just he fuck wants
1: him. to fill that void, and he knows what those matches were. He he participated in some of them, or he was at some of them, and he, he knows his history. So yeah, that so he
0: was in Dallas, right? Wasn't he in the Dallas? Uh, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie Dean's ranch with uh, – but yeah, but Ring of Honor is where the six-man tradition began. And quite honestly, WWN doesn't have the roster to do it anymore. No, no. They don't. I mean the last couple six-man matches where it was like the tradition continues and you're like, ah, Gabe, that's an okay match but – Yeah, it's like A.R. Fox public.
1: and his guys and you're like, ah, I mean that's fine. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah.
0: Okay, let's take it easy. But uh, um, yeah, this definitely in the promotion where it began – uh, this match can absolutely deliver on that level. I mean, it looks phenomenal. I mean, that the, the Mexa Bloods—is that what they're called, Mexa Bloods? Or um,
1: uh, I, I Mexa just closed Bloods. it. Mexa, yeah, I believe I, something like that, Mexa Blood or something. Yeah,
0: Mexa Buddies. Uh, I don't believe they're... it's Mexa Buddies. I believe it's Mexa Blood. Let's <laughs> call them Mexa Buddies. Mexa Buddies. Like
1: yeah, the Mexa. I like that. It's marketable.
0: Dexa Umbres, I don't know. Uh, Their match against, you know, where they won the six-man titles from Villain Enterprises on ROH TV, it was a tremendous match, notebook match. So uh, they've got good chemistry, too, on top of being three of the best, you know, lucha flyers, uh, high-flying type guys. And, and, you know, that that match is going to be great. That whole show, I mean, that's the show. Yeah. You know, we were hoping for something to swoop in and, and, and save the weekend for people who are interested in watching wrestling and good wrestling. Because if you're interested in the shtick, you've got a lot of options. I don't feel bad for you. You've got a million options. If you want to go get drunk and have fun with your friends. You don't have to watch. leave.
1: Dude, you don't have to leave that building. I mean, they're running yeah. back to back to back to back every single – I mean, you are good, man. Plenty of that. At the, the Cuban that. Club, right? The Cuban Club is the one running all the GCW stuff? Yes. Yeah, you're good, man. You you plop your ass out at the Cuban Club, you're good all day.
0: You're all good. You, all you can handle of that kind of stuff, if that's what you want. But it's the people who were looking for just some good wrestling – I mean, the thing is, I think the WWN shows are going to be good because they, you know, they did the talent announcements and they've got, uh, and they got Jacob Fatu too, which is a good score. Um, But they're going to be dry. They're going to be a little dry and they're not going to have any hype. And, um, you know, but the Ring of Honor show looks like it's going to be absolutely the show of the weekend if you're looking for, you know, bell to bell. It's really coming together. And, you know, it helps that the New Japan guys are coming over. And don't forget, there's going to be a Um, uh, Lions Break Show. WrestleMania weekend as well. So we'll have to see what's on that. But you know it's going to be good because it's going to be the LA Dojo guys and some of the guys are on excursion. Ren Narita I think is on it. Tanahashi has been announced. So there's some stuff. There, there, there is some stuff. We'll see what. Um, and not all of the indie shows are are gimmick shows. To be fair, I mean some of these and some of the gimmicks
1: are cool. Like for the culture looks awesome. They booked a hell of a show for that. I cannot. I
0: don't even consider that a gimmick show. It's just because that's just going to be. Fucking wrestling.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, you know I mean? yeah, right, right, right.
0: It's a theme. That's a themed show for sure, but it's just gonna be wrestling. You know, gimmick shows are like Body Guy Show and fucking Wolfhausen with the fucking vampires, and that's just gimmicky fucking bull. I have no use. Just none. You know, it's like you know I think there's a fine line between a theme and a gimmick. I don't know. Um but uh, you know, I, the, the Florida culture is going to be great because it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of hungry wrestlers who know that this is their opportunity. And that's always the best scenario. You know, a bunch of wrestlers are like, we're underexposed, and this show's giving us a shot. And this is my chance in front of the hardest core fans and everything else. So, yeah, that show's going to be really cool. Yeah, there, there's gonna-
1: actually a bunch of names that are announced that, that I've never heard of before. And I love that idea. It's, awesome. it's yeah. like, cool. Who the hell is this guy? I don't care. I, I can't wait to see him. And like you We're said, that, that guy knows that nobody knows his name, but he wants yeah. the end of the weekend for everybody to know his name. And that's great.
0: Yes. Motivated guys and women, because I think there's women's matches on yeah, that yeah, show. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah. You know, going out there to say, to, to, to earn bookings, you know, and, and that's what you want, rather than guys going in there to, to ha-ha it up and fucking have a laugh. I, I, I It's just not my thing and never will be maybe in moderation maybe if we just weren't inundated like when spring break first happened that's why it was cool because it was the only show doing that so anyway
1: that is that so that was a quick little uh check in there on uh wrestlemania weekend but uh, that is it for us here so uh uh, VoicesWrestling.com is of course where you're going to want to go to get uh, all of our Match of the Year coverage as well. Uh, Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. You can listen to the Top 10 before everybody else. Top 10 will be released uh, sometime Friday afternoon, but uh, that has been posted by the time all you guys are listening to this on Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. So we go into an hour, about an hour and a half, hour, hour and 20 minute long detail of every match that hit the Top 10. Uh, some facts, some stats, some history of the Match of the Year. Some really good stuff in there. But yeah, the, the, the biggest thing is, yeah, you can listen to it before anybody else. So you know the Top 10 uh, before all these other Dopes that don't pay uh, know the top ten, so it's a great way to kind of jump in. And we've had a lot of great content this week as well. The Thursday T reviews was obviously up there I did a car Q and A based off the match of the year. There's the I mean, we have a ton of stuff planned for, for February as well, so it's a great time to jump in uh, towards the beginning of the month. Also, Voice wrestling.com for all the coverage that we've had, uh, previews, reviews of all the stuff going on uh, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter and also slash Discord uh, as well if you want to join our Discord uh, channel and have some discussions about the world of wrestling. But uh, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Graich. We'll see you next time on the Voice of Wrestling Flash.
0: to shop today.